0: This aberration, whose only means of expression are wanton violence and destruction. I'm
1: hoping to prove that within every normal system, there exists an aberration. Something different weird aberration society how you been man good I'm trying to just stay busy and not die in the heat
2: yeah it's hot out there it's hot out here too so
1: you know um apparently we did something to the environment i hear i don't know exactly.
2: yeah i think the world is on fire apparently uh, i think that's, Absolutely. A, <laughs>
1: that's
2: a, a thing now um <laughs> but, uh, so uh I'm just going to go ahead and start. So uh, welcome back to Mutual Aberration Society. Um, I'm Ryan Jackson, as usual. Um, And today uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, the 1972 film starring, written by, and directed by Christopher St. John, Top of the Heap. That is the name of the movie. <laughs> and I have on a guest um, to talk about Top of the Heap with. Uh, my guest is Seth Sherwood. Now, Seth, as usual, um, I basically allow the guests to introduce themselves. So, Seth, tell everyone who you are.
1: <laughs> um, hi, I'm Seth Sherwood. I'm a Capricorn uh, screenwriter and <laughs> Um, I mostly write horror films. I did the 2017 Leatherface, uh, did 2019's Hellfest, and I've written some fun, silly YA horror shows that are a good deal fun, and I do a lot of script doctoring and writing of things that don't always get made, and uh, I'm yeah. a lover of ridiculous movies, of which this is. <laughs> <laughs> this is. This is ridiculous.
2: Oh, no genius
1: ridiculous
2: yes yes i mean no i get when. trust me i get what you mean um and this is (laughs) so uh, let me explain a little bit as we get into this movie right the first time i saw this movie i was kind of like i don't like i just never i've never seen a movie like this right like like it's not really like yeah you can you can sort of like say it's a it's has elements of other films and kind of say it's like you know a little bit of the ninth configuration with a little bit of you know this or that but that's really even even in that description it's not really going to tell you what top of the heap is no but the first time I watched it I was kind of like yo where like where is this like how did how did (laughs) where did this come from right and upon revisiting I'm like of the thinking now that like yo this is a masterpiece like like I don't throw that movie or I don't throw that word around a lot uh but like every time I've returned to this movie um I've thought like okay I know what this is now um but it's like there's just so much about this movie that like yeah. the fact that it's not really known the fact that it's not doesn't have a uh sort of place in this sort of uh film canon like historically uh at least at least at the very least uh when we talk about films directed by like black filmmakers specifically right at the very least but even that i feel like it's doing this movie a disservice because it's like it's bigger than just that right i mean it is that but it's more than that like it's not like i feel like a a lot of times people will like sort of attach that label and it'll be sort of like a backhanded compliment you know what i mean which is like <laughs> fuck you you know what i mean but like also <laughs> yeah. like like no like um not that he not that not that not that being like labeled as a black film do i i don't perceive it as a negative right uh but i do know the stigma historically when it comes to movies you know with that label uh but i do feel like this is a, a film that's just a fucking a hell of a film
1: um it, re- it really is i mean You know, maybe you can see why somebody watching it for the first time, like they're going to spend their first five minutes being like, "This is this is weird. This is trash. This makes no sense." Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you you know, the longer you stick with it, you're like, "Oh, this is satire." Oh wait, no, it's not satire. This is high art. Oh no, this is something like every twenty minutes, you know, I was basically like thinking, "Oh, this is something completely different than what I thought it was."
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So. To give the the basic plot, um, I guess I'll do, letterbox. <laughs> I guess I'll read the letterbox.
1: Uh, I was gonna say good luck. Yeah, that synopsis. Was,
2: that right. Okay. So here we go. This is the letterbox synopsis. His rage. This is in all caps. His rage was the illness of the times. <laughs> a DC black cop is pushed over the edge when he is passed over for a promotion, leading him on a violent personal crusade against criminals, punctuated by feverish psychedelic dream visions. Okay now that's not really uh helpful um it does touch on (laughs) the elements he is in fact a black cop in dc he there is psychedelic dream visions uh a violent personal crusade against criminals that's a reach i mean he does you know he does have moments where he he goes on a i would i never looked at him as having a crusade per se in this movie um Uh
1: There wasn't some like falling down to bullshit where he yeah 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 over it's, the
2: it's, edge. It's a lot yeah. more subtle than that, right? Where 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 basically, um, you're kind of witnessing, you know. And i've 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 heard people, I've read someone's, I can't remember who whose review I read of this, but they they describe this movie as like a man's psyche in open revolt, right? Oh, I like that. And it might be, it might have been on Letterbox. So shout out to whoever that was that wrote that 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 <laughs> review. Uh, but I do feel like that is an one way of accurately describing sort of what you're witnessing when you uh watch top of the heap is this cop this black cop who sort of is coming to terms with what that means like what what that means to be a cop uh what that means to be black what that means to be in america and be both of those things at the time which was in the 70s um And so much more. There's just so much to dissect about this movie. This is one of those movies that has so much to it, right? Where it's like, I don't even really know, like, you know, where you would even begin other than to sort of, like, from the top, sort of, like, kind of walk through it a little bit and just sort of, you know, because even then, like, another great thing about this movie, and I try to pick movies like this intentionally, Seth, is that, like, (laughs) movies like this are, like, There, you cannot spoil them because they're so, like, they're such an experience type of like watch that it really doesn't matter. You could somebody could tell you like all the moments in this movie, and it really takes nothing away from, uh, your viewing because it doesn't matter what we describe to you about it. Uh, it's not it's not gonna have this the same effect as you actually watching this movie. Um,
1: No, experiential, almost more than it is narrative
2: right right and there's a lot of experimentation in this movie too which i really which really caught me off guard the first time which i'm sure like as you sort of said it kind of caught you off guard too like yeah like the movie opens with this like uh mud fight between sort of like uh i'm assuming these are like kind of like hippie protester types right and they're like engaged in some sort of fight with uh i guess they're it looks like they're at like some sort of like i don't know if it's like a, a land they're like developing land or something there yeah, or, a or something construction site, or, construction you know, site maybe something. you know what i mean you're getting the sense that like okay this is like some sort of demonstration against like capitalist pigs or some shit right you know <laughs> or some shit right uh so these hippie people are like we see them like they fill up balloons with piss one um yeah. and they're fighting these guys and in comes the cops right And comes the cops and they got their little like sort of like riot helmets on and they go in to disperse this like scuffle and they get and then they start getting into it with these people. And uh, amongst the cops, uh, we, we, we first get introduced to uh, George Latimer, who was played by the writer director, uh, Christopher St. John. Right. Um, and he's you know, he's really like he gets kind of like that hero shot, when, you know, shot from below kind of as yeah. he walks up and then he gets into the fray. And then like he, he ends up like, you know, getting in the mud and then like really, really gets gets a water balloon of piss straight to the face. Right. Like that's sort of like you're like, he's, he's like, oh, shit. Like he got, and then that immediately follows with him being at home um on the couch looking like, you know, I had I just got hit in the face with piss at work, <laughs> kind of like decompressing bad, bad, having a bad day to say the least. Right. And that's when you see him like watching the television. And for, I guess he's seeing a news broadcast of what happened um and he turns the tv off and then uh we're introduced to his wife um who sort of like walks in and and immediately uh they get into some a disagreement right they start to you start to sort of get it's really setting a stage of like his home life and she's saying like yo their daughter was like caught with some young boy um and she's alluding to like they were in the middle of having sex and um, their daughter is only like 14. um, And she's telling uh, George to like talk to his daughter. And he's like, I will. But you could get the sense that like he just this is just something he doesn't give a, shit. He doesn't, give a <laughs> shit. he doesn't want to deal with this. Like, he's just like, you know, she's young. They're kids. I don't you know. And you're just like, OK, like this is a guy who's like really not concerned much about his family life. Uh, He's kind of checked out. Cause he's got so much, he's, he's in his head as you find out, like he's literally is in his head through this whole oh, yeah. movie. Um, and then from that, he goes to, we, I think he goes to like the police station. Um, and at the police station, he's talking to a guy, a cop who has a young teenage ish black girl with him that he's, I right. guess he's like pulled her off the street. I don't know. You know, they never like, you can assume that he just picked her off the street for doing something. And I guess it kind of reminds George of his daughter cause he asked the guy you know how old she is and i think he says she's like 12 or something right yeah um and then the guy mentions to george about like he apologizes and says i'm sorry that you got passed up on this promotion you know um he's like i got passed up too but now this is a white cop right yeah um and this is where you start to get the sense that like oh george has been a a cop for like a significant amount of time and you know a big reason you know besides him being a black man um that he's being passed over he should be you know uh, i guess rising in the ranks so to speak is that like george has uh some other issues right george is george is really dealing with uh, a lot of shit and um yeah um i hate to go beat by beat but i'm just like i i don't know which other another way to talk about this
1: movie so then we real quick like you know that that's the moment like when you read the letterbox description you know the if this were a studio film, the you know, quote unquote inciting incident, he's passed up for promotion. The way that way that letterbox bit wrote, like, that's your big setup. And in this, when it happens, it's clear, but it's also it's just it's just kind of buried and they they roll through it. And he like, it's almost like <laughs> uh I when I just saw nope recently, and I feel like the direction that Daniel Kalea got was very similar to the direction this dude was giving himself. Mm -hmm. where somebody said, hey, this is your story, but you really don't want it to be. Like that dude doesn't want to talk about missing the promotion. Like if this was a big studio film and that's your moment that's supposed to kick off everything that happens, you you would see that moment. You would sit in that moment. You would get his reaction to it. And he just rolls in and you hear about it offhand. Mm -hmm. He's like, I don't want to fucking talk about it. But that's the thing that supposedly triggers everything. So that low key entry point, yeah. really sort of sets up everything that comes like like you he's impenetrable and, be, and the narrative matches him in that, that that sort of way where like you get what's going on but he's not letting you into like the real dirt right and in and, and
2: another thing uh, it's 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 that's an accurate uh sort of way of describing what's happening like in terms of like the plot mechanics if you can, if you can say there's plot mechanics, um, but what I, what I, what I feel like is interesting, and what I kind of appreciate uh, about you know not just this film, but in films in general, is when a movie kind of like allows, you know, I'm from the, I'm from the school of plot is for pussies, right? Like anybody can do yeah, plot, yeah. like plot's easy, like you know what I mean, like, uh, but but like when movies have that like that, the balls to sort of like, like let the world sort of like be a thing that's already taking yeah. place and we're sort of like catching a character in yeah. a moment it
1: doesn't care if you're not ready if you're not following. right right and, and in the way
2: <laughs> yeah yeah and in the way that it sort of like delves out the information it's not ha- it's not holding your hand it's right. like it's like yo you can, like I'm, like you can you figure this yeah, yeah keep up you can figure this out um and like some people may feel like I don't like that. You know, especially because we're inundated <laughs> we're inundated with like like you said like big studio movies that like really hammer home exposition and and yeah. like making sure that everything is clear to the point where like characters will speak subtext right into the fucking camera basically. Right. Uh <laughs> this is not one of those things, you know. And 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 we see sort of like that moment in the hallway transition to uh him being in the car with his partner. And he's in a car with his partner And like his partners, like this this Italian guy. um, And you sort of get a quick sense of like their like rapport. Right. And like how that, you know, they're on the night shift. Right. Right. And and like they both sort of like um, you get the sense that like they're both kind of like these sort of beat cops who are just sort of like underpaid, kind of like not really happy with their job, but the sort of like it's the only thing they know. Yes, you know, um, and then like they talk about like I, the 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 beat the, the one the one guy the Ital- his partner he he the Italian cop he's talking you know his about his wife like you know making food and like just you know just your basic sort of like mm-hmm. shit like and you get the kind of they establish that sort of like relationship and then it immediately co- starts to like see him like drift off and we get the first dream sequence right or the daydream or night dream whatever you want to call it like like where he starts to like you see him like you see chris christopher uh saint john like sort of look look off and then it like transitions to this scene of him in this like white hallway in this orange nasa jumpsuit right and you're like what the fuck like you know and like and then he walks into this this uh like boardroom style like it's got like a moon on the wall it's got like american flag and a nasa flag and you see his partner is also in the orange nasa jumpsuit and another man we don't we we haven't established who this guy is yet but we will find out who he is he's an older gentleman he's also in an orange jumpsuit um and they start to discuss sort of like uh this this uh moon mission right and um then, like, you're like, what, what, what the hell is happening? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're kind of like, at first, this has got to be very jarring. Like, I'm, I'm sure this moment was probably jarring for yousef Like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I mean, like, I, I, what, I, what was your I, thoughts when you first saw this? First, like, this.
1: <laughs> when I knew a little bit. I, mean, I read a little bit about it. I didn't want to spoil myself too much, but I, I yeah. knew one of the main devices was that he, you know, goes other places. Yeah. And you know, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to overthink it and think, is like this just his daydream? because I you know I just kind of wanted to see how it played out what the balance was between the two things and and what it was but I, I it you know that's why I just knew I wasn't watching a, <laughs> I wasn't watching the usual thing you know what I mean I, I love a movie some of my favorite movies are about men masculine men who know how to do one thing and then the world doesn't need that thing anymore um I, I, I first hit on that with um Misfits, 62, Clark Gable, Marilyn Monroe, just that idea, like he was a cowboy, but the world didn't need cowboys anymore. And I just always love that sort of look at masculinity. And, and like he he is like this character in this movie is super masculine. And even in his fantasies, he goes from one masculine fantasy to another, but you can also see how they're failing him. And so it's like, you know, oh like, does he have a dream about being an astronaut because he's not fulfilled as a cop? But then, you know, you almost immediately see that he's not really in control of his own fantasy. He's not the boss. Yeah. He's not like, he's not calling the shots. He's not, you know, like he's immediately almost always under some sort of level of power above him, even in his own fantasy world. And like, so the second it went into that, like, I didn't necessarily know what was going on, but that was super interesting to me.
2: Yeah. And and and, and then this is like, they start to, they introduce this to you, right? And and like, uh, it's it's funny because it's like, The moment that this is introduced like you're like okay you're trying to make sense of it and then the phone rings right and he picks up the phone and someone on the other end says your mother is dead right mother is dead like and then he just sort of like hangs the phone up and and then they ask who it is and i forget and he like gives some bullshit answer right and then it cuts away immediately after that so that's our first like like introduction to these like dream sequences right these kind of otherworldly and then immediately from that scene um we see like there's these two uh kind of like they they're like criminals but in like sort of like a 70s style like black exploitation film like just these two black guys they're like they're like sitting at a table and they have money on the table and they're drug dealers and they're making jokes like there's like coke on the table like one of the dude is like literally snorting coke while they're like eating
1: there's literally like little clean bowl, yeah. a little perfect bowl of Coke, a little perfect <laughs> bowl of pills, a little perfect bowl of giants.
2: Yeah, right, right. And they're just like, you know, they're just sitting there having a good time, right? And then immediately uh, we see that uh, Christopher St. John and his partner, or should I say George, George Latimer and his partner um, are outside and they're like creeping up on this this spot now we have no context to like how they found out about this this place or who these guys are but uh chris burst in right or george burst in on these guys and he's got his gun drawn and they're they're caught off guard and immediately they're looking to him and the one guy's like you know trying to like appeal to his like you know like yo we brothers man you know like he's like slide he's got the money he's like sliding the money like in the off the table towards him he's like come on man like you know let us go they're like trying to negotiate with him right like come on black man type shit and like uh you know and then you get the sense like you're like wondering kind of like yo is he gonna is he gonna like it is he gonna like let these guys go and like immediately you're like like this, this this like immediately like no he's like tells him get up right and he's like you know basically put your hands up and and then, like, he tells them to get, like, to turn around and put their hands, you know, on the wall. And then the one of the guys is like, man, fuck you. You know, I'm not doing that, like, basically, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and that and like, this is the first time that, like, he's literally like being called a pig and like uh, other black. You see, like, other black people's response to him being a cop. Right. Um, And like. You get this is a returning theme what we see multiple times. Right. But this is the first instance yeah. in, in the movie. And like these guys are like kind of like looking at him like he's a fucking traitor. Right. You know, because, you know, a cab. But <laughs> but his, his partner runs in and immediately he flips, you know, the one guy, you know, to the wall, puts his hands behind his back and then he gets the other guy. Pats him down and 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 cuffs him too, right? And then you know um, and also takes the money, takes the money, he takes, the money. He takes the very, money. He need- very casually, no yeah, big deal. because he needs the money. That we we've already established that in the first moment we meet him, yeah. like he's trying to get more money. How can they get more money? You know, um, you know, however they can, basically. Uh, so they 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 take these guys off, you know, and that's pretty much the end of that. Those guys don't really kind of return, and that's a really very exposition sort of, in place of exposition, really, um because it's not really explaining things other than this explaining sort of uh, kind of like George, George's, uh, I don't know. It's it's setting up that George is, is not only has an issue with sort of being a cop, but like the community <laughs> and the people that look like him have an issue, like with him being a cop, which yeah. is understandable. Right. Um, and then after that, like i'm trying to trying to cycle through we see him sort of go back home um or is where we see his wife right and and she's like cooking uh like i don't know breakfast or whatever um and i'm what do you remember his wife's name again uh what was it like uh uh, something with a v right it's like
1: viola or is that the actress's name i think it was viola Viola was either her name or the actress. you
2: know, yeah, it's Viola Lattimore. Yeah, I think yeah. the actress's name was. I'm looking at it right now. Florence St. Peter as Viola. So, uh, you know, he's at home. Was
1: oh, that his actual wife, St. Peter? Oh no, St. Florence.
2: No. no, 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 it's not. His name is St. John's. This is Florence St. Saint Peter. Yeah, yes, two saints, <laughs> which is interesting. <laughs> but yeah, so Viola, you know, it's is like making breakfast, and she's asking him to talk again. She asked him to talk to the to their daughter. And he's still like, yeah, I'll get to it. But I don't want to talk to her until I know exactly what was going on with her and that boy. Right. Which is another way of him, not really, you know, doing his, you know, job (laughs) as a dad, like really kind of like skirting, skirting beyond some shit, not really wanting to face that problem. Um, And then we see him basically go back out with his partner um, and they're driving. um, And I believe, which is kind of interesting because, like we see that they've they've took in at this point like we get it, we really get like this is another aspect like dc plays a role in this movie like this is really like dc like we do
1: see a lot of it shot in la but like yeah. it's, definitely, it's definitely there's a lot of money shots of dc yeah
2: which is which is like i wondered about that i wondered like did they like just go down to like washington dc and like shoot like a bunch of like b-roll or like establishing establishing stuff because there is a lot of like moments well a lot but like a significant amount of moments where you literally see like pennsylvania 1600 avenue you see the little the little uh the washington monument like there's a lot of them like sort of like driving around even though like you're wondering, like, okay, are they're in the, They're on the night shift, right? Why are they in the day? Like, you know,
1: it's so weird. I couldn't tell if this movie had a big budget or a little budget because you got mm-hmm. clearly a lot of the driving around is shot in L.A., but then you got the a lot of these establishing shots from D.C. Mm-hmm. You do car chases, but sometimes they're shooting in the day when it's supposed to be night. It's confusing to like wonder, I, I how much money did they have? Because clearly mm-hmm. it costs them. They spent money for real but also it has some of those qualities of corner cutting of like a money a movie with no money. yeah
2: well i do remember this right and correct me if i'm wrong like from that moment they're like taking a job because they need the extra money right and they're doing like a job there's like some political event oh uh,
1: yeah yeah. you remember
2: yeah. like so there's like other cops around and they're like just there to sort of like be a police presence at this you know <laughs> un- unnamed political event right um
1: I didn't even look up what uh DC cop uniforms looked like in the 70s I didn't but they were some pretty like THX 1138 like fascist looking uniforms. Yeah, they
2: did have a little bit of that like yeah, like a little bit of SS officer yeah. type of uh, vibe to them. But when they're down there outside of this like I guess like city building, I don't know. I mean, it kind of looks like a city hall. And and he looks and there's like a rocket. Right? he sees like a it says usa on the side it's like a space rocket and then that cuts to the second dream sequence at that point and then you see him like on the moon right and it's like you're like what the fuck? like you see him he's like walking real slow it's like dark in the background they got these gnarly looking nasa like white which honestly the nasa uniforms are kind of like not bad like for for honestly like they didn't look that bad like you know um But But you're looking a little sketchy. (laughs) Yeah, but you're looking and you're like, okay, like you see like the the, like the bright lights shining off his helmet, like which is kind of a cool effect, right? You see like the like the way the way it like gives you that star pattern almost when the like the direct sort of like lights it, and then he lifts his helmet and then you see like a very fake looking Earth, like rotating, right? Like it's (laughs) like it looks literally it's just a globe, like it's it's a globe, one hundred percent. You're like yo. (laughs) <laughs> and first, you, you don't really quite at, and this is the moment where probably like you're like what did you think at this moment when you saw that globe you were like yo whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: that's I'm actually honest where I honestly started thinking like did this movie cost five dollars or five million dollars because I don't know because like some things are legit money that is you know that is like a globe from a second grade classroom just hanging in the corner <laughs> but it immediately sort of like here's the
2: thing like the whole everything about the scene has these like weird little moments where you're like oh, it looks kind of real, but, like, you can tell it's, like, not, like, you know what I mean? And it's, like, you're, like, wondering, like, what's, like, is this intentional? Like, you know, like, because it looks like they put effort into this, but, like, it still looks phony. And you're immediately sort of, like, greeted with the fact that it isn't because a director comes in and he's, like, yells cut, basically, because uh, George, like, falls down right? He like falls down and I guess yeah. it messes it up. And then you realize like, oh, like they're shooting like a moon landing thing. Right. Like, and then the
1: upside down American flag, right?
2: The upside down American flag, which was like and his
1: partner throwing a hot dog on the moon.
2: Right, 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 right. There's all this little weird stuff, right? But you're like, yo, what the hell? Because you're thinking like, and I was thinking like, yo, like on first saw it, like, yo, what the fuck? But when the director comes in and you see it's like, oh, they're on a the set. You're like, oh, so like this is intentionally fake. And like another interesting aspect of this, right? This is in 1972, right? But like, and th- I don't know if you caught this, right? But like, him and his partner, who his partner is, is the second astronaut in yeah. the in the fucking dreams sequence, right? Well, him and his partner are like sort of like arguing. He's like apologizing, like, "Man, I'm sorry, you know, for like grabbing the pole, you know, and like basically, you know, taking, you know, taking a blame for him falling and tripping." you know um
0: and he's like i'll get it he tells
2: he says i'll get it right when we do it for real and he says this is for real and i'm like wait a minute wait a minute so are, and i i've watched this movie a couple times now and is he saying is this like an early film that's saying like the americans fake the moon landing to win the space race because you know Mm -hmm. that's like that's in this that came into the zeitgeist after like you know like you know the whole room what is it the the, the stanley kubrick shining yeah. documentary yeah. and a little bit before it was per- that was one of those room the, like conspiracy theories that was going on the internet and then it, that documentary sort of made it get more mainstream yeah but like this is in 1972 right and like the whole every if you notice every time they're in a sequence when it comes to the space shit right it's always like from the standpoint of like, yo, are they really going to the moon? Or is this like a hoax? You know what I mean? Like, is this like, yeah. is he imagining like, yeah, he got this job at NASA to be this big celebrity guy, but it's like, it's fake, which is sort of kind of uh, like yeah. parallels his job, which is I like,
1: wanna, he, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to skip ahead, but when he talks right. about how he got the
2: job, mm-hmm. my yeah, favorite yeah. Thing yeah, 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 yeah. He talks about, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, so, they, it's a good question. Cause like when I, when I first said, this is for real, I thought he was just like saying, no, I'm taking this seriously. I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm going to be an American hero. But then you never, and I didn't know, again, this is one of those questions. Like, could they not afford, like did they do this faux moon because they couldn't afford to make it like, look like they were actually doing it. Like, is that because of budget? Or what was he trying to say By it? It's such, it, it makes you ask so many questions, which is why it's awesome right exactly and it's one of these movies that you
2: can dissect like because there's so much there's so much shit in here there's so much like socio like commentary and like sort of like but it's not in a way it's not done in a way that like is kind of like what you typically see now which is like um after school special style beat you over the head with the messaging like no, no no like this is sort of like one of those films that really feels like you know um Whatever he is trying to say, it's not getting in the way of him telling this story, you know, or or this movie, like, you know, if if you want to call it a story. I mean, I I don't know, like, it's just very interesting because it's like you get introduced to that. And immediately once I saw that, that was the moment when I first saw this movie that I was in. Right. Like, you know, because at first I'm like, you know, like whatever. But once that happened after that first, I was like, <laughs> oh, shit, this is really interesting. And it just continues to be interesting. And like if you notice, like after uh, that sequence, right, like there's just little subtle touches through this whole movie. So. He tells his friend like, yo, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go back, sit in the car. And he's like, you can't sit in the car. The captain will be here or whatever the hell. And he's like, I'll do whatever the fuck I want to do, which he says he says over and over again through the movie. Yeah. Like, I'll yes. do whatever I feel like. Basically, I'll do whatever the hell I want. And he walks away and then like a a, a blonde passes him. Right. And they look at each other and he looks and he sees on her, butt there's an American flag. And like, that's not subtle. Like, but that's, that's intentional. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's it's intentional. It's like, this is what I'm saying. Like, this isn't, this is a movie that is like, this is a filmmaker who did this with intention. And it's ironic when when you look at, this is like, he never did anything like he has a TV career as an actor, but Chad St. John never did anything in terms of film, like he never directed and re- wrote nothing after this, you know, feature wise. Mm-hmm. Like, like this is his one solo effort. I think it like premiered at like the Berlin Film Festival. And yeah, it's sort of like, you know, it, it, it kind of like it met the sort of sort of fate that a film like one of my other favorite films, uh Chameleon Street did uh, the mm-hmm. Wendell B. Harris movie, which was it had this huge the, it won at Sundance. It should have been like it should have catapulted Wendell B. Harrison to sort of uh to have a career, like his sort of some of his contemporaries, whether it's like Spike Lee or whatever, but it didn't. Um mm. and it and and a big part of me sort of like wonders like, was it the sort of subject matter, like in the way that he that it wasn't palatable for the sort of powers that be uh because both Chameleon Street and this movie don't take the approaches that we've come to be, uh, that we've come to associate with sort of, sort of these sort of uh, uh, stories of of not only like black people in in, in America, but just uh, stories that sort of traffic in this sort of subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, these movies feel kind of like renegade. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, even this movie oh, yeah. feels very renegade. Like, like what it's saying, it's like almost like this is a movie, especially in 70s, right? Which a lot of crazy shit came out in the 70s, right? But you could just see like that they probably didn't know what to fuck
1: to do with this movie. Oh, no, no. They, it, those, it was very confusing. You know what I mean? Like,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. It like, doesn't
1: connect the dots for you. You expect you to keep up or draw some sort of conclusion. It's not going to hold your hand.
2: It's definitely not, it's definitely not doing none of that whole, that none of that holding shit. And it's like really saying a lot, but it's not like saying it in a way that's just, it, it just, it just presents the fucking world yeah. to you.
1: Right. So after really got me w- with that, that, that second moon bit with, you know, the falling down and the, was this level of frustration. I really started to think on it at this point because Once I got the idea that, like, okay he is beleaguered and beaten down in real life. So he has this rich fantasy world that he's going to go to. But the fantasy world beats him down just as much as the real world. He can't escape. He He can't escape.
2: Yeah, even fantasy, he can't escape the reality of his existence. You know what I'm saying? And again, like what it is to be sort of not only a black man in America, a black man in the 70s, but also a black man in a position of basically if you want to call it authority, you know, he's a cop, he's a beat cop. Right. But you know, like what, again, like this idea that like you're watching a film about a, and and the whole premise of the film is a man sort of psychologically trying to cope with his existence.
1: He doesn't fit in anywhere.
2: Right. Like, and, and I love that he's like a fucking like, Honory. he's just honory. he's like fucking like fuck you yeah. like the like the cop like the captain <laughs> tries to say how you doing uh, latimore and he just blows him off like fuck you you know what i mean he doesn't even captain say The always to eating too yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: the captain in, is he's, the, captain shows,
2: the captain is the director in the which i failed to mention the captain yes. the police captain is the director calls cut in the scene on the moon landing scene right um which we haven't quite but like we do see him in passing right like because there's a scene that follows the the whole like uh that flashback where they're like him and his partner are walking by a bar and two men run out right and one man is like bleeding and the other man takes off right so the partner deals tends to the man who's like on the ground right Mm -hmm. and Lattimore takes off after the guy and he runs into this alley and like it's one of those scenes where like, oh shit, like he, he's like searching. He's like, where's this guy go? And the guy hops out behind him and there's a struggle. And like the guy has a fucking, uh, a, a knife, right? And like Lattimore, like basically pulls his gun on him, right? He like gets him, gets, he hits, he like elbows him, creates some space and then pulls his gun and tells him like drop the knife and the guy drops the knife, right? And then like, that's when his partner comes and they arrest this this crazy like bald dude. Like yeah. looks looks kind of like a uh, fucking uh, <laughs> uh, Michael Chiklis or somebody, right? Like I don't know, like uh
1: uh uh. It's the break, he,
2: yeah. and so like he takes his partner takes him off, and, and Lattimore picks the knife up, and like he like t- he like looks at the gun, and then he looks at the knife, and he like tucks the knife in his belt, but then he checks his gun, and he sees that like it's fucking empty, right? Yeah. And he and he's like, holy shit. shit, and he like processes that for a second, <laughs> and then it flashes to like. The scene again playing out differently. He tries to shoot him, right, and when he does, obviously there's no bullets, and the man stabs him, right, right. stabs him like, ah! and it's kind of funny. He's kind of hokey the way he does it, right? But you just but the scene is like again, like the 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 guy dropping the M bomb on him as a black person, like like it sort of like resonates because it's like oh shit, like again, it's like really reorients the audience in terms of like his perspective and like oh like again hammering home this idea that like. Yes, he's a cop, but he's still black. You know what I'm saying? Yes, and like again, but then after that, like scene, right? It cuts immediately to uh, <laughs> a funny scene where he's like knocking on a door, right? Oh, ha- and it's like he's like trying to get a woman to open the door. We don't know who this woman is yet, right? We 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 haven't established who she is yet, but he's like calling to her to open the door, but she's like sitting on her bed in this like funky like like basement style apartment playing a guitar and she's like you know just really like having fun and then you get to realize like oh like he's got like George has some like little extramarital affair he's got a side piece like oh like and you kind of like she ends up like she doesn't open the door he ends up like basically knocking the the the, the chain off the door basically and walking in and, like, she just thinks it's funny. Uh, and, like, she's, like, laughing and, like, playing her little guitar. And he's, like, yo, like, what are you doing? And he's, he's like, he realizes, and we realize fairly quickly that, like, she's high. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, he's, like, uh, she, took, she took some pills. And he's, like, sco- he tells her to scoot over. He sits on the bed next to her. And, like, he's, like, smoking. Like, he's, like, lighting a cigarette. And, like, you start to get the sense that, like, oh, like, this is like the way this sort of couple at uh, these are. This is how they kind of interact a lot. We're like, he's like this stiff, like fucking. Uh, you know, he's George like George is just <laughs> fuck if you know, he's just a really he's got he's got a chip on his shoulder. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's pissed off at the world. Whatever, that's just part of him. Like that's just part of his charm. <laughs>
1: let, me, let me ask you something about this. The, mm-hmm. the girl. Mm-hmm. Now she doesn't have a name. She's literally just called Black Chick. Mm-hmm. In the yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Black Chick. Do <laughs> You think she's real, or do you think she's one of the fantasies? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I I couldn't decide.
2: Upon this second viewing, I was really on the fence. Like I was really on the fence. I was like, you know what? She might be like a, another part of his imagination you know what i mean like it's very plausible
1: she's the exact opposite from his wife like she's right, right 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 and,
2: and she calls she constantly refers to his wife as funky old viola <laughs> funky old viola don't do nothing for you know what i mean right, like exactly you no know, yeah. yeah uh and like he uh, and george is like telling her over and over i didn't come over here to to fucking eat no food or none of that because he just wants to like basically hook up with her before he goes back to work or whatever right but she's not having it she's like trying to cook him food She's like offering him like, you know, like whatever. And George's not trying to hear it. And it's like, George is kind of being a dick. You know, he's really being a dick with her, you know. Um, and she's just like a very like.
1: A super 70s bohemian. Yeah,
2: vi- bohemian know. is the right word. Like yeah. very, very bohemian vibes with her. Right. She's like, you know, relax, like, Great. <laughs> you know, like, you know, the, to- the the total counter to his energy at home with his wife, who's more like on george's ass like you know you need right. to you know you know george you need to take care of business you need to do this you need to do that right um but that being said all of george's advances that he makes in this first scene she like turns down she's like you know not having it which ultimately leads to like george like leaving anyways right, right. uh uh but you really but again like when you see this moment right you're like it, it adds yet another layer to him like right? whether this is real or not Right. You know what I'm saying? It adds another layer because it's played as straight. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's played as like, this is a this is a thing. Yeah. Like, he does have this woman. And she even like, he even gives her some money before he leaves and shit, right? And right. Then she doesn't take <laughs> his picture and he freaks out. Oh yeah, but that's a different, that's, that's another oh, that's scene. Different? But yeah, no, that's later. a different scene, but that's right. a little bit later, but yeah. But then when he leaves, we see him like running to the bus, right? And again, mm-hmm. like this shit just really hammers the shit home. Like, so he gets on this bus, he gets, he takes a seat in the back and he's like sitting in like uh and then like another like the bus makes another stop and like when the bus makes another stop another black guy gets on and he drops some change in the uh in the little you know uh what do you call it that the that they have in the city buses where you put the money in for your yeah. fare drops it in there and the bus driver's like hey man you didn't put enough money in the fucking the fair or whatever so immediately the confrontation happens where the black guy's like what are you talking about like i didn't you saying i didn't put money in the fair and like and you're really kind of like like did he or did not he like you know what i mean like it could go either right. way like you're not quite certain like <laughs> if he's like really just like kind of like bullshitting him and he didn't or he did and like you know what i'm saying but like be that as it made the bus driver's like all right man i'm sorry whatever let go sit down like you know whatever so guy goes to sit down and immediately he he sits back by by george and then like he looks over at george is like man can you believe this shit see what he's trying to do these racist motherfuckers so he, like, he's like oh shit like he's not gonna let this go <laughs> right so right. like he immediately gets back up and walks back up to the front of the bus and starts berating the drive the bus driver again right and he's like threatening the driver saying like yo you know i got my peace with me or whatever and then you see george react at that point where he pulls his gun out right. runs over and makes him like basically he's like yo what do you have in your, what do you have in your coat? And he's like, he's pointing at him and he's got his gun like in his pocket. And he, like the guy pulls out a bottle, like he does not have a gun. And mm-hmm. like, at that same time, the bus driver has already stopped the bus and he runs the fuck out of the bus. Like he just gets out of there like, Oh shit. <laughs> right. And then like immediately uh, George, like just, he loses it. Right. And you just see him kind of like snap. Like, what am I doing? Sort of like a moment of clarity. And he like, Gets the fuck out of there because he's like, oh, this guy's just like some fucking guy with the fucking bob. And when he runs out, a cop sees him because the cop's already, the cop's intent is already up because he sees the bus driver running. Yeah. Right. But then he sees George and he immediately assumes, oh, George must be the perpetrator of whatever's happened. Like, so you get this interesting ass reaction where the cop pulls a gun on George and, re, you know, and like makes him spread his legs, you know, put his, you know, like turn around and he's like patting him down and like you could, you could and it's interesting the way you could see sort of like christopher saint john his performance the way he plays it on his he's like plays is really good where it's this sense of like right sort of like righteous almost anger but like not like over the top though yeah but you could tell he's just like looking at him like i expect this to happen but he's like he tells him that like when he has him turned around he's like if you open my coat you would see that we you know like You know, we're on the same side and he rips his coat open and he sees that he has a fucking under his trench coat. He has his cop uniform on. And even that's not enough because he tells him like, yo, like if you check my ID, you could see. That I'm legit. And he puts the cop, puts the gun on it, like presses the gun to his neck while he checks his ID. And immediately when he verifies, like, oh, he really is a cop, he's like immediately apologetic, like, man, I'm sorry, man, you know, whatever. And like George just snatches it back and he says, yo, give me my fucking gun and he told him like you could have really fucked up like you know what I'm saying like you really could have fucked up man and he's like I'm sorry and then like George just like walks away right and it's just like again you get that that second like another instance like you had at this point now how you've had the the criminals who've like you know the black criminals like that they aroused that like you know called George out on being a cop and a traitor then you have the fucking the, the bald guy even though that's you know, he's trying to fight against the cop, but then like even in the, the scene that he imagines where he's calling him, he calls him an N word, you know, yeah. and then fucking, then you got this scene with the, with the, with the actual, uh, another cop, a fellow cop, like thinking he's a criminal or, or done something. Right. And, and like, basically, you know, like, so it's like, it's hammering these things home um, in a way that's just like, kind of like. There's not, a, and this is another thing I noticed. Like this movie, this movie doesn't really, it doesn't really have like dead spots. You know what I mean? Like it feels, no, like it, something. it feels like it might. Like this is a movie that kind of has a feeling of a like that it meanders, but it really doesn't. Like there's really always some some shit going. It's like from beat to beat, like there's some new shit. Like because you know, like following like that scene, like he comes back home, and then you see him like lay down with his wife. And it's, like, you're, like, oh, it's kind of, like, a weird, like, tender scene, weirdly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he's, like, like I nude. Mean, yeah. He's, like, nude, but then he, like, lays with her. And then, like, they start to, like, kiss. And you're, like, oh, like, this is going to be, like, some sort of, like, love scene. But it, like, really doesn't go there. It just kind of, like, yeah. uh, kind of, they
3: like. Mutual bullshit.
2: Right, 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 right. Yeah. But he immediately sort of, like, rolls over. Uh, Because like you see that like Viola is like, oh, like she's she's like, oh, we're going to like have a married couple sex. But no, that doesn't happen. (laughs) like He like falls asleep. (laughs) Right. He like immediately rolls over and falls asleep. And then like he has this dream sequence where he's like. First of all, the dream scene opens with him butt naked dropping from a tree. <laughs>
1: this, is, this is, I don't even know, this is where I was really like, <laughs> this, in this, my head. Like, this, what is some, is, yeah, ass, this is dude. some
2: trippy shit, right? Like, So this yeah. scene plays out where he's like in the fucking, like, some some forest, at, and he, he's naked, <laughs> and his girl, his, his side piece, aka Black Chick, that's the name of the character, she doesn't have a name, um, she's naked, and they're like running through like you know he's like chasing her through the forest yeah. and then like they come to a table with a watermelon you know um and and he like breaks the watermelon with his fist and then and they start eating the water, right? yeah. they start eating the watermelon, just like rubbing it on each other's face and then he like fucking screams and then, like it's just fucking surreal and then like it cuts like it does like the goofy like sort of like a uh, circle wipe almost where it's like yeah. it goes into his mouth and then it like expands out and then the edit the cut point is like him back in the in the car with his partner right <laughs> like you know what i mean like and you're like back on the back on the beat <laughs> um and this is like this movie is just like and this is a funny thing because the scene that follows that is really funny too because the partner they, they stop and they see a guy who's like parked where he's not supposed to he's coming out of a yeah. bar it's like it's literally in front of a no parking sign right and the guy stumbles out he clearly he's been drinking right and the, the partner gets out and like george just sits in the car with a cigarette and just sort of like watches and shit and we see like we don't hear the dialogue but we watch as his partner like basically the guy gives him money and he lets him go <laughs> yeah. like this dude's clearly drunk he's clearly parked in the wrong but he just lets him go it's the 70s people it's the 70s uh, uh, uh you know and it's
1: fine early it's good
2: yeah you know? yeah yeah but it's just establishes like and you can it's funny because you like you get the sense that like george just sort of like he literally like puts his head in his hands like and when his partner comes back in the car he's like he's literally got his hand covering his head and he's just like looking at him like you know like you still do it. and he even offers him he's like got 20 bucks he's like here you take your half he's like man i'm not doing that small time shit no more you know what i mean like more or less like right like which shows you kind of like that like george isn't above doing it because he's done it in the past um but it's another wrinkle to sort of like that sort of the deconstruction of like uh this uh fantasy or or myth of what like a cop is you know what i mean like i feel like this this movie is a very sort of like uh um it's not subtle in that regard it's really like taking shots you know (laughs) like uh to you it's ironic to say taking shots when when talking about cops but like (laughs) you know what i mean like he's it really does like have a lot of like smoke for for the police like it like you know what i mean like you don't get the sense that this is a movie that's like this isn't like some like uh blue line propaganda (laughs) like you know what i mean like not not even close right you know what i mean like uh it presents cops as people as actual humans uh who are flawed and fucked up and like uh even kind of touches on sort of like a little bit of the sort of institutional sort of uh hierarchy red tape bureaucracy bullshit yeah, you know what I mean.
1: Not. It's also interesting that his partner is like one of the only you know genuinely likable and ma- and like good to him people in the story. Like, right. They they get into little mini arguments all the time, but you get the sense that it, that they're they're actually that's like his only like legit friend. You know, and yeah. he puts them in the other fantasies as his friend, and the you know and the and the, the other fantasies like, and it's you know it's interesting that like, you know he 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 cast it as a white dude. He cast it as like, you know, a, a guy who just seems really affable, corrupt, but but mm. affable, but not mean spirited. It's it, i found the friend to be like a really interesting, like counterpoint to his own character. Yeah, he's definitely uh, he's almost kind of
2: like at moments he feels kind of like almost like he adds levity
1: every time.
2: Yeah, he does add levity to the like every time he's like on screen with him. It, there's always that bit of like, Oh, like this it's just very, it plays very light. You know what I mean? Despite, excuse me, despite, uh, like, uh, (laughs) despite George's demeanor, right? Like despite despite the fact that like, George is always mad, like, you know what I mean? Which, uh, I feel like is it kind of an appropriate choice for, for this movie and for what the, (laughs) what, what, what the filmmakers trying to say. Right. Um, but then like after that scene is like the first time we actually see his daughter. Right. Cause he comes home and his door's wide open. Right. And he's like immediately like, Oh shit, maybe somebody broke in. He takes his gun out. He's like walking through the house, goes into his daughter's bedroom and there she is like lying on the bed. And he's like, yo, what did I tell you about? Like leaving the door open or whatever. And then like, he's like looking her in the eyes and she's like, looks up from the bed. And he gets like, wait a minute. Like, are you high? You know, like you know, and she's like, like, she's clearly out of it, right? And then he's like, "What did you take?" And she's like, "I took some pills or whatever." And like, he like grabs her little purse and like digs through it and finds these like pills. And it's not quite established if these are like what kind of pills these are. I don't know if they're right. like benzos. I don't know what they are. Like, I can't really tell. <laughs> like, you know, but you get the sense that they're not speed because she's like, uh, like, you know, she's she's got like yeah. that euphoric sort of downer sort of stare, dead eyed stare, right? Um, and they're like red pills. Uh so I'm assuming like I mean that was a thing back then. So like people would oh, do, for sure. you know, so so that, it, it, it it tracks, you know, it's a thing yeah. now, but obviously the drug changed. But like but
1: you know it was probably um, quaaludes. I think well, that was like the downer.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have been quaaludes or something like something to that effect, right? But like he immediately tells his daughter, like he asked her, like, how many did you take? She says, I only took like I think she has like two, you know. And he's like, all right, well, take your clothes off and lay down. Like, right. And like, so it's like, he like, literally like takes her jacket and her boots off and like, you know, and then like makes her like, literally makes her lay in the bed. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's like, just lay down. And, and he's like, you know, he tries to like, in this moment, tries to be a dad. Right. He like really tries. Right. And, but she even tells him like, it's not like you care, like you don't care what I do. You know, that's, that's what punctuates the end of the scene really is like, she tells him more or less like, you know, you don't care what I do, you know? And like, and that, like, really is kind of true. Like, he really doesn't give a fuck. Because he, like, he, yeah. he tries to ask her about the boy and the situation that happened with the boy, but that immediately gets thrown out the window. He doesn't even care. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like
1: It's it's not even that, like, I feel, it's not that I feel like he doesn't care. It's, like, almost like he just doesn't have the bandwidth. Right. To, like, know anything.
2: Right, right. It's like he's not, you know, he's just, no. Like, but a- after that scene, which is funny, is, is like, we see this guy, this uh, kind of like Tom Waits looking guy. He's like blonde hair, dude. <laughs> uh, he's like yep. walking down the street and he's like everywhere he goes, he's like handing off drugs and like there's like slick passing the money and handing it off. He's coming up the street. It's like women, men, like, every you know, he's like, okay, this guy's like selling drugs. And you see him like over and over again. It's mostly women. It's just women taking this drug yeah. for the most part. And then like as he gets up to like where George is just waiting for him smoking a cigarette as he passes, George grabs him, throws him into the an in alley and like beats the shit out of him, right? Um, but as he's beating him, like, you know, um, you know, like, again, it's this other scene where like he calls George the N-word again, you know, like, and it's like, and he's like laughing with a bloody face. And he's like, how are you going to do? Like, you got to do better than that. Like, right. And it's like, George is like pissed off. Like, so George is like, oh, okay. Okay. So he grabs a garbage can <laughs> and like smashes his hand. Right? Like, <laughs> like, 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 I'm like, holy shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. George like, goes full, like, fuck it. Like. I'm gonna smash his hand, and um, which is funny because like the following scene is like after he crushes this guy's hand, you never really get the like the resolution of of that other than it cuts to directly to him with like uh the captain, and the yeah. captain is kind of scolding him for what he did, like you know what did he do? He's like, you don't, you can't do that. You know, and he's like, he's selling drugs and all this shit. And he tells him, and again, he tells him like, George, you can't do that. And he's like, I'll do whatever yeah, the hell I want. I want. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, which again, it's a mantra, but it's also sort of like an expression of his powerlessness. Right. Yeah. Which is, he feels so powerless. He has to like vocalize this idea. Like even when he says it, you don't believe it. Like, you know, he doesn't believe it. He doesn't right. believe that he could do whatever he wants, but it's almost like he has to say that over and over again to everybody. Uh-huh. You know to like remind it because it's in a way it's like reminding you how him not not only him but the audience of like this is a man who like has no control, no control. you know yeah. over 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 the you know and 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 in being in his position like it's all about control right totally. but he but the captain even tries to be nice to him again. Right. Where he's like, you know, take, because his mother died. Right. And he's still like, George is talking about that. Well, one of the thing running sort of subplot, if you want to call it that is the death of his mother and George, not wanting to sort of like deal with the fact, not wanting to take time off, not wanting to go to the funeral. Like this is a reoccurring thing. Right. right? And, and, and like literally uh, uh, the captain's like, you know, like you've been through a lot, man, take as much time as you need. And he's like, I'm not taking no fucking time. Like he basically says, tells a cops to kiss his ass. Like the captain, right? And the captain's meeting, yeah. like you know, Lattimore, off. You're, you're gonna lose your badge. You fucking. And he doesn't give a fuck. Like George's like, yeah, whatever. Deuces, peace. Fuck you. <laughs> like right. walks away. Like like this like this dude does not give a fuck. Uh, I kind of love. It's kind of enduring a little bit, right? And no, then, then that's when it cuts to your favorite scene, which we yeah. can talk about, which is this is where if, if the following scene is another another sort of like if you want to call it a dream or hallucination where. He's like uh, outside, he's walking outside, the captain's there, obviously, um, and the press is all around George, right? And they're interviewing him because he's an astronaut, right? And they're asking him, like, you know, how he got to be an astronaut, right?
1: <laughs> and you go ahead, Seth, what about this scene, you know? He's, like- he, you know, he, he's just sort of like, he says it like he would talk about, like, if you, if you asked, like, a guy in his economic position, how'd you get a job? That's what he answers. It's fucking NASA. But he's like, well, I needed a job. So I went down to the unemployment office and went
2: down to know, the temple. You want to use it? They had
1: available. And, you know, they said that, you know, that NASA was looking for people to send into space. He's, he doesn't even light a cigarette while he's like, you know, very casually, like just it's just so he, he doesn't light a cigarette. He likes a joint. Joint, and he like gives it to the
2: cat
3: <laughs> He
1: gives it to the captain character. Like he's like, yo, you makes him like hit the joint, like in front of all the press. Which is, is great. That, the- <laughs>
3: that
1: that was just sort of, like if there was a thesis to the movie, it was that scene. He's having a fantasy where he's being an astronaut, which in you know in the early seventies was like every kid's dream was to be a fucking astronaut. And so you know, but he's treating it like this blue collar job, and he's lightened up, and like it's. It just tells you like both the level of irreverence but also like it's just so new i don't even know how to describe like the level of like nuances like is he pointing out that it's you know racist that there's no that you know it's not easy for a a black man to become an astronaut so he's talking about just going to the temp office and filling out a form and they made him an astronaut and he's not you know he's you know i remember when we, we first uh when i Picked this movie off the list you gave me. I'd ask you if you'd seen uh Larry Cohen's Bone. And like this didn't have this, there were similar things in this to where like it's a movie that's saying something about racism, but at the same time, it's also hitting the stereotypes that are that are like part of that racism. And it's like I'm it's it's such a fascinating thing. And I don't know if I'm even equipped to like say what it means, but like that was a scene that we're in the, this that press conference it just it just blew my mind it was so <laughs> intentional like like him saying that him lighting up like all those things was like very specific and intentional
2: well you know it's just to, to to provide a little context for like that time you know like you got to remember two years prior is when uh gil scott her own's, uh whitey's on the moon came right song. whitey's oh, on man. the moon like we're out here right. and whitey's on the moon oh, like God. You know what I mean? So like yeah. it, it it was part of sort of like, you know, so like this 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 movie is like a a direct uh, it attacks sort of all of the the sacred cows of you know America, like from the from the things the things that they hold sort of like in regard, you know, from yeah. NASA, you know, the police force the literal government, like all of these things. It's like very intentional. Like there's a lot of like, uh, like you said, like the flag, the American flag on the blondes, butt. Yeah. like uh, there's all of these things that it's like intent. He's intentionally putting these in the movie and intentionally fucking doing these things. Like, you know, like you said, give him a joint or whatever. Cause one of the scenes that follows that scene, right. Because there's, it's followed that quickly by like, it cuts back to George, but then it goes to another scene and he's, he's in bed. Like he's hurt. Yeah, and we don't know how he got hurt they're claiming he got hurt by some kind of rocket demonstration or something (laughs) like it's not really clear how he's hurt but like the captain's there right and the captain is like you know like telling george like it's gonna you know like you're gonna be okay you know and then george like him and george have this moment where like george like pulls him close and he's like talking to him in his ear and shit right Mm
0: -hmm. and like
2: um just uh you get the sense that like the captain in his dream, right, is very different. Like the relationship that he has with the captain in his dream is total yes. counter to the relationship he has with him in real in actual <laughs> real life. Where it's, it's like the captain's like like literally like friendly, but like he's friendly back and he's like wanting to like make sure he's okay and like and like George isn't really mad at him, which is interesting, right? Um, but fuck all that because he gets out of there, right? And there's this fucking <laughs> nurse, this Swedish nurse. Right, oh my God. yeah. It's like she. First of all, she's reading an Ebony magazine, right? Which was was a great touch. And she gets up, right? And and she's like, George is like chest naked, right? He's got like his chest is out. He's covered. His his lower half's covered by a little blanket in this hospital bed. So he's like, the nurse is like, what do you want for breakfast or whatever? He's like making the bed rise and climb. Like he's like, you know, coming up and he's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's this sweet scene is fucking great. So like oh, she's mother. like taking, like, and again, she's just got this very Swedish accent, like, very, like, like, like she looks like yep. one of those, like, again, softcore Swedish, like she looks like one of those softcore 100%. Swedish porn, like, like a Swedish Absolutely. milkmaids, some from like Swedish milkmaids or some shit, right? Um, and he's like, "Yo, she's taking and writing down his order for breakfast." And he's like, "You know what? What what else do you need? I can give you." And he's like, "Actually, you know, like I need like uh uh he, he gestures to his his his, his fucking so- stomach, and he's like, I can use like like uh, a pain right here, I just yeah. Need yeah. To, like massage, right?" So yeah. she like touches his, like stomach, his you know, and then like then she un- unzips. He gets the clue. They make the face. She unzips her her nurse's uniform, and she's completely naked. And she climbs on top of him, right. And then, like, <laughs> and then this, they don't actually, like, she's on top of him, like, literally, like, naked. So, and they, like, have this scene where, like, and, and, like, it doesn't actually show them having sex. It just, it's the start. Like, literally, the bed is, like, lowering, yeah. and she's this, on top of him, and he's, like, do this for your country. She's, like, no, I'm doing this for me, <laughs> like, or whatever. And then as, like, the, the bed lowers and she lowers, mm-hmm. then the fucking scene cuts out, right? <laughs> but, but it's, <laughs> one of,
1: it's one of those moments where I'm, like, yo, what the f- <laughs> but it, it's funny but because for played- your country, because he's an American <laughs> hero. <laughs> no, no, no. This is for me.
2: <laughs> Which is funny because it's like it speaks to like George's like sort of fantasy, right? You know, just yeah. him, his mind and shit. But like and, and then like again, right after, because this movie is like moves like one scene after a fucking another. He's driving along after that scene ends, right? And he's like come heading down the street and there's a cab, right? And this cab is like pulling out. And, like, yeah. but pulling out while he's coming, right? And, like, he's, he, like, goes around him, like, speeds off, and then the fucking cab driver gets out and screams at him, like, what the He's like going off, right? Like he's literally going the fuck off, right? Yeah. Calling him all kinds of names and shit, right? Like you know, I think he drops an M bomb again, uh-huh. and then like fucking like George is just kind of like waiting. Like he stopped the car and the the cab driver's going him like come out, come out, come out, come out. So finally George says fuck this. He gets out the car, he walks towards him, and then immediately the cab guy goes to his car, grabs a tire iron. But by the time he's gets turns around, he sees George has already flipped his his, his trench coat open. He could see his whole badge his gun everything so he immediately freezes and he's like i'm sorry like i didn't know you were a cop you didn't say anything why didn't you say some shit and george's just standing there like and he just like basically tells him like you know like get that fucking piece of shit out of the fucking road like what are you doing like you know and the whole time the the guy's the cabbie's like apologetic and like he's like i'm getting out of here or whatever and like he drives off but again it's like that's it yet again it's like what's like the fourth or fifth sort of encounter he yeah. has like that like where it's like You know how how,
1: every time somebody drops an N bomb on him, other than his wife, mm -hmm. they immediately find out he's a cop and start apologizing. Yes, like the only way he gets an apology for racism is by being a cop. but by by being a cop, Cop. his wife and the black everyone hates him.
2: him. Yeah, I'm saying so. Everyone hates him in his community because of that. Like even his wife alludes to it, even though she doesn't want him to quit because she needs. You know that's another thing where it's just like he feels trapped because his wife is like he even mentions later on that like, he's like, I want to, I don't care about none of this. I don't care. I just want to get out of this. Like, and she's like, no, no, no. We have kids, which they established. They have two kids, which you never see the second kid. Don't we don't even know if the, the kid's a boy or a girl, whatever. We just know he has a daughter and another kid. Cause she mentions it in that scene. Right. I don't know if that's left on a cutting room floor or if that's, I don't know, but that's <laughs> either here or no there. It's actually kind of appropriate that we never see this other kid. Cause it,
1: it fits It fits, with yeah, it fits because of we how, how
2: checked out he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's literally got like a, Uh, supposed (laughs) side piece and like he's always like kind of out at night and like he's always daydreaming he's all but again this 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 movie is like really juxtaposing these things like next to each other yes purposely like it's like you're right like every time like these white people he encounters figure out he's a cop they're immediately like oh shit they apologize right and like you're like oh but like in his mind you're kind of like seeing sort of like how how he sort of is processing this type of shit like all of this shit is like you know to use an overly used term that's that's pretty much been beat to death now in in, in modern in the modern era which is this sort of like psychological trauma you know yeah. what I'm saying that he has like it's like on full display in this movie and like with every sort of like scene like whether it's with 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 people that he knows and loves or like people mm-hmm. he considers family or just people that are like of the black community, whether whether they're friend or foe. And then that juxtaposed with all the people that are non-cops who find out who are white who find out he's a cop. Right. Uh, right. It's just very, it's very like intentional. It's very like again like this is what I'm saying. Like this movie's kind of a masterpiece. Like I'm not even saying that like it's kind of a masterpiece. Like and then it's, it's another interesting scene. So after that he goes to this old folks home and that's where we're introduced to the old man who we saw in the very first nice. dream sequence and who we, we, what we discover is that this guy is a former cop. He's a retired cop. And we get a little bit more sort of like backstory about George and when they have, when he speaks with this old guy, because you find out that George has been like a cop for like 12 years you know what i'm saying and like mm-hmm. we get the sense immediately like this 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 guy who's like seems like an old sort of like irish. He's i think he's irish I mean, he has that sort of he looks Dish. like his name is mickey like he just looks like a mickey you know what i mean like he's got he's very warm guy old guy you know what i'm saying like cop and we get the sense that like this is george's like mentor like you know he was his you know he was this guy who sort of like helped george you know um when he was a, a rookie cop you know sort of like get acclimated and sort of you know showed him the ropes and he goes to visit. We, I guess he goes to visit him from time to time because he's at this fucking old folks home. Um, And they sort of he sort of has this heart to heart with this guy. Um, and he actually brings him a bottle of uh, I think it's like some sort of whiskey or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which, imedi- which immediately he's happy about. And like they're they 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 have they, they sort of like, you know, catch up a little bit. And by the end of this scene. Right. Like they're both fucking drunk because because like uh, he's telling him, like, I got to go to I actually got to go to work. Like I can't right. drink. Right. right. But he actually does drink, right? And then by the okay. end, they're they're both shit faced, <laughs> like pretty much. Yeah. And he like uh uh he ends up like giving George like before he leaves, he ends up like giving him like a gun, like it's like uh oh, yeah 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 yeah. And he's like, I don't want. He's like, I don't want this gun. I don't need it. I got my own gun. But he like insists, like 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 take this gun. I don't need it anymore. You know. I, you know. And it's kind of like it's like a you know. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 very weird because it's like he really doesn't want that gun right he doesn't want that gun but like did you notice that there is a little moment right there's a little moment um like before the gun before he gets the gun where after he's like talking where there's like a flash quick flash and you see george walking down a hallway and he's got like a letterman jacket and then it cuts to like a suit and he's like smiling and then it cuts back before he gets the gun and i really thought about that like yo what is what is he fucking saying right there it's like it's almost like this graduation of like you know, like he's like transitioning from one thing to another, but it's like this is his expectation versus reality.
1: Like uh-huh. I, I think I blinked and missed that.
2: Yeah, it, it's That's it's really quick. It's one of the it's one of the rare moments, of <clears throat> one of those dream flashes where it's like a quick hit and then yeah. it's out. Like it's like it happens really quickly and then it goes and it cuts right back into the, then it's the scene where he's waiting to tell him bye and he comes back out with the shoebox that has the gun. Right. In. Like, okay. but it's just a quick moment. It's like the one that I remember off head that um is like that, um, and it's like again, like, but you really got to think like, okay, this is one of these movies that like every time I've returned to it, like I think it's it's like three times now, it's only been three times, not two, three, but each time I've saw little things, like okay. little things that I didn't catch before, and that's one of them yeah. where it's like, oh like, wait a minute, he did it cut back because this movie has like I said, you can dissect this movie and that's how I know this movie's good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because it's like one of those things where it's like, thinking. yeah. And it's like one of those movies that like, it shouldn't work. Like this movie on paper shouldn't work at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, but it, it, it works. Like it just, you know, it, it really fucking like has something to say. Right. But it does it in a way that's so unconventional. Um, Yeah. Like, and that's probably the main sort of reason why I have such a affinity for this movie is because it is one of those movies that... I it, it, always love a movie that flies in the face of sort of like uh, the sort of uh, proposed wisdom, right? Where it's sure. like, sure, you could do things this way and this movie's like, no, 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 fuck you. I'm going to do it the, the, the total other right. way. Like, no, like I'm going to do everything that you say I shouldn't do. And it's still going to be like a thing like there you go yeah. Um, and again that's probably why this movie you know, like lived in obscurity for so long and True. only sort of resurfaced you know not that long ago
1: but I know we keep saying it but like everything is so intentional that you can't mm-hmm. like, like nothing was a mistake you know nothing was like yeah. bad filmmaking everything was absolutely planned and thought of
2: yes yes, yes. Which I feel
1: like puts it on me to in my mind make it, make it figure it out and see it as it should be
2: yeah and, and and i'm not a. i'm trying to think like there's just a lot about this movie that like like one of those i'm trying to remember who it was i was before this before this uh before we started this podcast i was trying to look up look and see like what i found on sort of like this movie right um um and it's kind of interesting because like there was a few things about Top of the Heap, right? A few pieces about Top of the Heap. Like I saw like a New Yorker piece about Top of the Heap. Um I found like a not, uh, in, uh, New York Times one too. Like, um, but uh, ironically, like when I was reading the things, I was like, while they were praising the movie, they were like getting it wrong. Like, like, like Richard Brody, uh, like he fucking like called this movie like uh, fucking a work of Afrofuturism I'm like do you, you don't even know what Afrofuturism yeah. is Like and I think the NYT said that too It's like this is not Afrofuturism Like do they even know what that means Like you know what I'm saying? like they don't even like, Because you than than
1: NASA they Right like, like that's
2: not futurism dog. Like that's no. You know it's not even close to what it is But like literally the New Yorker piece And the NYT piece both describe this as like oh, It's it's a blend of Afrofuturism Like no it's not like there's no Afrofuturism like you know what I mean? there's no afrofuturism in it like
1: i'm sorry like that's I just think not this is written about so little that like yeah. one piece is gonna ape from another and like just really what it was it's it clearly him. what it
2: was and it was just like yeah. such one of those things where it's like while yes i could appreciate them writing about this movie and like sort of like in a positive way and sort of like maybe because that like they have a big enough reach that maybe other people would come across this movie but it's like to write about it so sort of like surface levelly, which is yeah. honestly the, the norm like when you come to these sort of like big sort of outlets at this point like it's not like there's a high standard that exists anymore but <laughs> it's no. only the, it's only the sort of uh, uh it has the aesthetics of prestige like i say this all the time i say this about our our films but it's also about like our news outlets and stuff like like especially the big ones the sort of you know like the new york times is supposed to be the paper of record right but it's like mm-hmm. when you really like there's not a lot of in-depth sort of reporting or like even the sort of like editorial pieces are really shitty now like you know what i mean where you're like and it was especially criticism like the criticism i always say this all the time Seth i don't know if you've listened to any episodes of this podcast but like i feel like criticism is a dead fucking art like it's dead like you know what i'm saying we don't really have like a lot of like good critics
1: went to school to learn actual learn critical theory and like yeah. behavior, that's no. all been destroyed by just you know anybody with a blog who yeah yeah, yeah. An and, and there's not
2: even them. honestly you know that's the blog shit doesn't even bother me because that's just like people just trying to like tweet into the universe it's the fucking <laughs> corporations that sort of like make it so where like everything has to be sort of like uh, I don't know like they managed to do you know we see this it's, you know to tie this back into like the film film shit like we see this with like studios and we still this with like, you know, the, the Marvels and, you know, and the Disney and shit like, or like they have to sort of like, they are playing a certain game. And that game is we are in the big, massive film game. We're in the big, massive, like big reach giant audience. Like, so therefore we got to like, we got to make this shit like idiot proof. Like, like idiot proof, like, therefore, like, there is, it's only surface level, you know what I'm saying, like, and mm-hmm. o- honestly, the the pieces and like, but not only the, you know, to tie this into both, both the media and to the film world, like, just like the movies are made in a certain way, the, the, the news is generated a certain way now, and like, it has, to, you got to keep the fucking assembly line going. So it's like the shit is produced at a certain clip. It devalues sort of the work of the journalist. Therefore, you're getting paid less. Therefore, like it sort of filters down. Like it's like it feels it's like all the way. Like I just it's it's a thing that I see in like art in general. Like because art has become such a, uh, it's been infiltrated by sort of like the fell children of the wealthy. You know what I mean? Like as as (laughs) in 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 this era in the '70s, right? Like you still had a lot of people, uh, who are outsiders you know, making stuff and getting in, you know what I'm saying? And because of sort of the, everyone grew up as, as film grew, as media grew, as we started to get like 24 hour news cycles and, and hundreds of different, you know, cable television and hundreds of different fucking station uh, channels. And then, and then the advent of the internet, like all, all these things developed, right? Those, the, the, these sort of positions and roles became desirable in a way that they weren't in previous generations. Right. So once they became desirable, like the rich kids wanted in and the rich kids had the connections because daddy owns the studios, daddy owns the networks, you know, yeah. not a, so not, like now you got a lot of that, like in, in a way where I felt like maybe in previous eras, that was a little bit more, uh, it was a little bit more even like now it's like, I feel like that is not the case. Like it is more, it's tilted in one way, far more than it used to be. And I feel like we see that a lot. Like we see that more now than we have in the past. So it's like when I watch a movie like this, it's another reason why I'm like, yo, even today, a movie like this probably gonna have a hard time being like going through the filters. You yes. know what I'm saying? Uh, like like how are you gonna get through the filters making this movie without being it noted to death and being like, nope, it's gotta be about this. And you gotta be clear, you gotta make sure you're yeah, you know, like you, can, you there's only there's certain there's certain sacred cows that you can indict.
1: You can't there's, make movies like this anymore unless you're completely spending your own money.
2: Which, like, again, I guess this was made that way, you know. Like, which was, you know, uh, a, a movie that, like, literally, I, I don't know what the budget it was for this. Uh, I'd love to know. <laughs> I would love to know what the budget is for this. You know what I mean? Like, I, I would really yes. love to fucking know. Um, uh, but I don't even know. Like, oh, man, so to track sort of where we were in the fucking story, right? <laughs> And it doesn't really matter at this point, like, you know, like this is a free form conversation. Like we could get back we we could touch on whatever and, and circle back to the movie. But uh, one of the things that I do want to talk about is is the scene where um, comes a little bit after where where he's imagining. First of all, we find out he doesn't fly back home to no. see his mother's funeral um because because viola's like you should have went home to see your mom but he doesn't go right and then like we see a scene where it's one of these dream sequences again where he's being driven right um in a fucking car it looks like first you think it's a limo but then it looks kind of like a hearse but it's not it's just like a fucking long body like car right and like of course, his driver is his partner, right? <laughs> and he opens the door. He's in his suit, and he's supposed to return. He's returning to his hometown, right? Right. And there's this trippy ass sequence of like, like you see, it's a, clearly a movie set, right? Which yes. is interesting. Again, like, all of these scenes are staged in a way where it's clearly a stage, like it's clearly staged. And I, I, at this point, I know it's intentional. Like, like, That's, like yeah, all absolutely. of these, all of these dream sequences are purposely looked to look fake like a movie. Like, cause literally he's on a set. Like, this is like a back lot. Like, this is like the type of back lot you see when we like go to fucking, yes. you know, whatever this is. This, yeah. yeah, Universal this is a regular ass backlot, And you see that he's supposed to be in like Watersville, Alabama. Right. And like it's funny because it's like it's supposed to like the town council is happy to like there's like a note up on the in the middle of the fucking first of all, it's just on a wall. It's like a tell it's a giant telegram. And he right. like punches through it and on the other side it's a brick wall with graffiti and he like walks through that, which is like like it says like welcome to Waterson, Alabama, right? And then he walks up to this uh fucking uh record player, and then you see like all these American flags again positioned shot up like where you're looking at him looking down and all these american flags again like that american iconography right and he plays he starts to play the song and i think it's like the star spangled banner or some shit and he's yelling for anybody like hey i'm home like the prodigal son has returned like you know like i'm an astronaut now but no one's there right like literally (laughs) it's just a fucking empty backlog like you know what i mean like he's like looking around he's like screaming and it like even like the the camera like pans out or zooms out or whatever and you could kind of just just see like oh there's like fucking no one here like as there shouldn't be it's a fucking empty back lot uh but at that point like um i believe in the distance that after he's yelling for somebody to see him no one's seeing him in the distance he sees an old woman sitting in a chair right um and he approaches her and then you quickly find out that like that's his mother right? right um and he's like talking to his mom you know um And it's actually kind of touching. It's a kind of touching moment. It's like almost like him sort of like trying to psychologically cope with the passing of his mother. But at the same time, sort of, you know. Like he didn't go to her funeral, you know, like he didn't show up. You know he's
1: made the fantasy to be, feel okay about that
2: yeah yeah he's made this as a way to fucking sort of deal with that like the fact that like and I think he even tells Viola like I don't want to go back to fucking Alabama with all those fucking simple ass people and talk to these people and say all this shit about stuff you know what I mean he was like saying yeah. all the reasons why he, he didn't want to go to his own mother's funerals right so then this scene plays out where he's like talking with his mother in this you know in this fucking hallucination right Um, and and you know, like she's like looking at him, and like in a way, you're like, okay, like this is just him like allowing himself to sort of like, this is him giving himself the like his mother's sort of uh, 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 okay, like it's yeah. okay that you're not here, which is bullshit, but you know what I mean? But, exactly. but you know, this is him sort of like in his mind, he's concocted this sort of like fantasy where it's like, okay, he can talk to his mother and she could forgive him and, and rub his face oh, and, and tell yeah. his mom, like, you should be proud of me, I'm an astronaut. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. uh, And then that kicks off with like a dance sequence, right? <laughs> Which is like does really nice. his, his mother gets up <laughs> from the chair and like they start dancing and then another, a woman shows up <laughs> in like this sort of like tribal garb and she's dancing and then he's back and, and it's like fucking like <laughs> it like goes full like I don't even know. Like it's like trippy mode. Like it's it's like one of those things where it's like uh <laughs> it's a great sequence. Honestly, I actually got to the point at this point in the movie, I was just like I was just anticipating these these fucking scenes. Like I was like, okay, right, what's the next <laughs> one coming? When well, like, what's the next one? What, what what's gonna happen? You know? Um, and then it shows him sort of on the couch, you know, and and Viola sort of talking to him, right? And she's again, she's talking to him about not going to see his mother, and this triggers a fight because he's trying to tell her like again that like he, he's done, like he's going to quit, you know, and yeah. she, again, she's saying, you know, like you have kids, we, we have needs, we have a house, we need to take care of this. What are you going to do? And he's just not trying to hear I do whatever the hell I want. You know what I mean? Like i do whatever the hell I want, you know? And, and they, they, it ends in a fight basically. And like, I, and like he like storms out. Right. Yeah. And I think, isn't it, isn't it after this scene where he like gets in the fight with her that, that um I'm trying to remember the moment in the club, like
1: um when he goes and gets black chick from the, the the club
2: yeah because because actually after that fight there is another um there's another sequence again like where he's in full he's like coming down an elevator and running down a hallway and full he's in the full astronaut helmet yeah. all that shit right which again is another one of those quick flashes you know what I'm saying and it shows him running right and, and then it cuts to him like in the at nighttime running like and i think like as he's running it cuts back again to him in the fucking astronaut fucking suit (laughs) but like it shows him like looking up and then it cuts to him like in a parking lot and cop cars are circling him in the astronaut suit Right, right and he, yeah. he's Like right. he's like, oh shit! And these cop cars are going right? again. Symbol. The symbolism is not like it's clearly symbolic. This is heavy symbolism, right? <laughs> and then it cuts to like this like radical version of him where he's got like a fucking uh, a fucking uh, what is it? What is it? Not a daishiki. Like
1: what the daishiki? It it, 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 was it
2: looks dramatic. like it, yeah. It's like it's like right. He's like got the shirt on. And yeah. he's like giving a fucking impassionate speech, and it's like American flag with a fucking but where the stars are is a fucking <laughs> skull and crossbones, right?
3: Yeah.
2: And it's this whole trippy sequence because it's like cutting from him like giving this like fiery speech and like fucking like anti-sort of fucking American shit. And then like cuts to him like it shows that shitty glow, that shitty earth, and then it shows like him like in the astronaut suit, like and just rotating around him with his arms out and shit. It's like a whole like little trippy, and again, it gets to yeah. these. That's yeah it's like a it's like a trippy ass fucking abstract sort of like arty sort of uh again like and again like upon starting this movie you don't really expect this from this movie like you know what i'm saying but by the by the time you get to this moment in the movie it's like oh shit like like you really know like oh like this is just a special film dude like this is like (laughs) This is a special film. Like, for yeah. real. Like, this shit is special. Like, you know.
1: <laughs> when he leaves when he leaves home with Viola, she's, you know, she's concerned. That's when he starts talking about quitting mm-hmm. being a cop. And she doesn't want him to do it because of the money. Mm-hmm. And that's when he, like, his mantra for the third act is sort of like, I don't give a shit about the money anymore. Like, yeah. I don't care. I, I'm telling you, I don't care about the money. Mm-hmm. he says it to her. He says it to Black Chick. He says it to the captain. That's like, it's sort of what's carrying him through sort of the last part of his breakdown
2: right and it's also like the fucking end of the dream almost in like because it's like you see him sort of like take off he's like he rips off the net he's standing in the fucking astronauts who he rips off the patches yeah. first he rips off like the american flag patch then he rips off the nasa patch then he takes off the fucking like breathing apparatus and the tubes and shit and it shows him like glance at the stupid fake globe like the fake earth right and it's like you're like <laughs> oh like this is like him sort of like relinquishing the fantasy like at this point like this is this is him like breaking from it this is him like fucking like i'm fucking done with this and that's when the scene that follows is the club scene right Where we're yeah. like like his you know his his girlfriend black chick
3: <laughs> that's a fucking
2: character's name <laughs> this game is black chick fucking she's in the she's like they're doing like a band. she's like singing she's got like this groovy ass fucking gold outfit uh-huh. she's got her fro out she's singing with a band and shit in this club And like, you get the sense like it's a rehearsal type of deal Cause the club's not really open. Yeah. There's guys there at the bar. There's like the owner at the bar and then several other individuals, a bartender, but you get the sense of like, this is just like early. And you know, this is for later tonight and in walks, you know, George, and immediately the club owner's like, fuck this guy. He knows he's a cop. He doesn't even want him in here. He tells the bartender not to serve him, but he does anyway. <laughs> uh, right. Um, um, so he gives him a drink and he walks over to, uh to, to uh his, his, his girlfriend, black chick. <laughs> That name, girl. that name. Um, he walks over I'm to. i sure she's real. No, I feel like if, right, she's, right. if she was yeah. she was real. They give her a name, right? You figure that, you know, like maybe they give her a name if she was actually real, right? Yeah. And honestly, the sequence that follows this also brings, makes it makes me think this is all in his head too, like because it's like it breaks you. He's breaking from the the astronaut fantasy, and then he's breaking mm-hmm. from this fantasy. You notice how they, they follow yeah. each other. immediately It all starts to fail. Yeah. Yeah. Everything starts to fail. So like the things that he's using to like sort of like psychologically cope he's like shedding so it's mm-hmm. like he sheds the astronaut shit then he sheds the fucking side piece like shit where it's like this woman who may not even fucking exist right
1: mm-hmm. tries and to he, leave with her but it doesn't work
2: right right so he's he's telling her like you know she wraps up singing he's they they embrace or whatever and he's like i want you to come with me or whatever and she's like where are we gonna go and he's like he's like we're gonna leave we're gonna fuck out of here and she's looking at him like what but then the manager comes up right and he's like she ain't going nowhere. Like she got, you know, like, you know, I paid her to fucking, you know, sing or whatever. She can't go nowhere or whatever. Yeah. And then a fucking fight breaks out. Right. Because like George is like, man, fuck you, man. I'm like, you can't t- I'll do whatever the hell I want. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like the fight comes out. So he, he starts fighting. He punches out the manager. Then the big, then one of the, I guess, like a bouncer security dude comes over and they start fighting. And like George is like fighting with everyone in the fucking club, basically. <laughs> like, and, you know, and, and ultimately it ends with like him, like they like he he does, he handles his he handles his business, right? He like literally uh, like does a pretty good job. But like he's he is outnumbered, but like the even the manager is like at one point when it's like four of them, he's like, just let him go, just let him fucking go. Right. Like, you know, so like he leaves with 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 his with his cons- <laughs> side piece and they're in the car, right? And he's driving and then you see like he's already looks like he looks like he's spaced out right he looks like he's mm-hmm. fucking and he's driving the car and he starts driving erratically and she's like oh and then of course she's like don't you're gonna kill me like what are you doing like and he's driving all fucking nuts and he's <laughs> like no nah, fuck that like you're gonna come with me or whatever right um and then he pulls over to the side of the road right and then and then you know that's when sort of He's drinking too, by the way. Yeah, like because he has yeah. a fucking brown bag with a bottle, so he's getting fuck, f- fucked up. Drinking and driving, as you should, as a cop, Absolutely. right? Yeah. As, a cop. as anybody should. Period. <laughs> but like, you know, drinking and driving. Uh, so he's drinking and driving. Like he's sitting there. He's like fucking, like you know, telling her like his his fucking non plan plan, which is just fucking right. fuck run away, fuck all this shit. You know, like you're coming with me, right? And she's like, "How are we gonna make money?" Like, say she says to say she mirrors what his wife viola tells him right which yeah, really absolutely. triggers and sets him off right no, he starts, yeah. yeah yeah so like literally it starts cutting back to like that moment while the argument like she's saying the same shit so then mm-hmm. he gets like fucking freaks out and takes off in the cars which triggers a high-speed chase because a fucking patrol car sees him fucking driving crazy Right. And then they start to follow him, right? And they start to and a chase ensues. And it's like a chase where they like go down into like the fucking like like down where like in the ravines, like in fucking Terminator 2 and shit. Oh, <laughs> like, no, that's, that's how I knew they were shooting out, yeah, out. LA like, right,
1: right, River. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like from Greece from Terminator Two.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. like it's like that's not DC, unless DC has one of those, but it looks definitely like the same LA yeah. Ravine that you see in fucking countless films, right? Yes, <laughs> like right. fucking fucking like uh um so that whole sequence, and this is what it means when when you say like, oh this is a dream sequence right or like this is not real because not only does he escape the fucking cops he gets away but he kicks her out right right he's like get out like you know (laughs) get the fuck out you know what i mean and like she's like no and he like drives off and it's like that's the resolution to like their relationship like he's like shed her completely and he's somehow escaped you know this daring escape which is like how could he get away So it's like you really, really think like, yo, this she wasn't really real. Like I the more and more I think about it, the more and more I think, like, was she a real person? Like, you know, um, I don't think so. Like, you know what I mean? I I, I, I don't really think that she was ever a real thing. Like, I think that like that was again, like it was because that that whole fucking chase, there's no way he should have got out of that a lot. You know what I mean?
1: Like she was such she was a she was the complete opposite of his wife. Right. And then the second she starts talking like the wife he's like bitch, go. you know like he was done like you know, and that goes along with him failing and or his fantasies failing him like like the reality gets in too much and his fantasies don't you know he doesn't he, they're not fantasies because they're they they're they're still failures like Facts. somehow he's getting let down
2: yeah and, and and then it comes to the scene where he's like he walks back home and he's and he basically at this point, You know, he kind of like, he greets his wife, right? And it seems, he seems like resigned at this point. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, you know, like he's just accepting his life, right? And he goes into his room and he literally passes out. Like, and she walks in and like he's knocked the fuck out and she just like covers him up, right? And he's fucking sleeping. And then it cuts to like basically him walking out in full uniform the next day. And uh, or, or not even the next day, it must be he's a night shift. So he probably just woke back up at night right? He yeah. comes back out. It's the same fucking day because she's in the same outfit. And he's like at this point, he's apologetic. He's like telling her, you know, you know, I'm sorry. You know, like it's like my, she's trying to like patch it up with his wife. Right. You know, um, which is very interesting because of the way this movie ends. Right. Which is like at this point. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong. Right. But at this fucking point in the movie, there are um, actually no more hallucinations. Right there's
1: there's the there's the parade, but the parade's
2: already happened, right? You had it? I'm I pretty sure.
1: The parade, I thought the parade was, came right up to the ending because that no, no, was no. when the oh, no 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 it was no the, no no the
2: parade, the parade the parade is the last hallucination. You're right, yeah. but but here's yeah. how but here's how they do it. So he's in the car with his partner, right? um and they're talking and they like share a salad, which is kind of like, whatever. he's like, you want some of the salad? And he's like, yeah, sure. He used to take some and start eating salads. Like, it's kind of weird. Okay. Whatever. They're <laughs> the same fork. Okay. But sure. then like, he's eating the salad his wife made or whatever. And he seems to be like, sort of like, okay, whatever he's resigned. And he like decides to get out the car for some reason. Right. Um, And he's like walking and he's like, you know, just skipping along and he's actually like kind of happy or whatever. And then it's, he's like looking and then like, uh, he turns around and then he's looking at like a parade. You're right. Yeah. And it's like him. And it's like, it's like NASA. It's like, they've returned home from the space mission. Right. Like yeah. in the back of a fucking uh, convertible yes. the captain's driving. You got his partner and the old man back there with him. Richard Nixon is like literally, <laughs> literally on the fucking roof, like clapping and giving peace signs to him. And like, they're throwing confetti yeah. and it's like, Oh yeah. And everybody's like celebrating and shit. He's envisioning this. He's like watching this. Yeah. Right. And of course, you know, um, as you know these these type of things tend to uh, resolve themselves like we we start to see him like walk through it cuts back to him like walking through some fucking alley or some shit it's completely dark and then it's then it cuts back to the fucking the, the 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 car rounding a corner and as the car is rounding a corner it's like a couple cops it's like a little mini procession right mm-hmm. we see a fucking rifle poke out some fucking curtains like like, you know, fucking from like yeah. one of the t- floors of a nearby building and the rifles like got a scope and it's aimed at right, like at it's, it's taking aim at right at him in the center of like, you know, next to he's in the middle of his partner and the old man. And as they're waving, a the gunshot fires. Right. But as the gunshot fires and he's hitting the dream, it cuts to like a gunshot hitting him in the fucking head. Right. And he's like falling backwards. Right. And he falls backwards into the boxes, into some like discarded boxes and simultaneously as in the dream, he falls back in the convertible and he's dead. Right. And then it's like, it freeze frames on him, like as a cop with a, with the wound in his head dead. Right. And that's, that's when the fucking credits go. And it's like, one of the first credits is funny. It says the girl's name is black chick. Yeah. <laughs> the first one is like Pauline, whatever is black chick. Right. And then it shows like all the characters. It's like, as, but it's like, that ending is still fucking with me because it's like, you what, don't know,
1: shut I mean, you, like, like, how, and not only who shot him, but like the shot was fired in the fantasy, but hits him in the re- in the really, real world. Real world. We have right. no idea what happened. We have no idea what happened, right? And it like, is like I will say though. I think it's the same alley with the dude with the knife, and I don't know if that's I, just. A I thought that thing.
2: too. I thought that too, but I'm not quite certain. Not, maybe not. I'm not quite certain because the more and more I think about it, right, the more and more I'm like, what is this like? You know, like what is this fucking? You know trying to say like you know and i literally like again this is the wo- movies like this like we literally walked every like walked through this whole fucking movie cuz i feel like it just you just have to but it's yeah. you don't you know it's just one of those movies right it's just unavoidable you just got to walk through this whole fucking movie like like uh because i just you've seen it now someone else has seen this movie like you know um it's not a lot of people have seen this movie but like right. It's just one of those movies where you get to the end, you're like, yo, what the fuck? Like, you know, like like yeah. there's so much to say. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, it's like the movie ends, and you're like, so he was did the dream kill him? You know what I'm saying? And like, and then it doesn't yeah. even matter if it actually happened or not, right? The symbolism in and of itself is like this, this, this dream killed him
3: yeah
2: you know what i'm saying like this dream killed
1: him when whether whether it actually
2: me. happened or not is really doesn't even matter
1: right you know when what you mean? Talk about how his dream he the dreams fail him or he fails in his dreams mm-hmm. that's sort of the ultimate failure. Is he's got you know he's got the the biggest fantasy he has is he's a big american hero with the president giving him the thumbs up and ultimately and he it kills, kills
2: him you know? it, it kills yeah. him like literally it yeah. kills him both the dream kills him in real in real life, and in his fantasies, like it, like him, be, like you know, whether that actually happens or not, like is, I don't even think it matters. Like that's sort of like the point of the movie. You know what I mean? Like,
3: no,
1: I mean, you know, he had a tumor this whole time that was giving him these fantasies, and it just finally exploded.
2: I mean, that's one. That's one interpretation, maybe. You I'm, know what I'm getting
1: ridiculous. I don't think. I that's mean, it. I mean,
2: it's not <laughs> without the bounds of like reason to say to even bring those type of theories into the discussion, honestly, because it is I, one actually, of
1: them, I think I, it's important I think it's interesting that you again, nothing in this movie is an accident. Mm-hmm. The fact that you don't see who shoots him in real life. That I yeah. think that, I mean that is a choice. That and is definitely what, a choice. You know, he's I don't think it's supposed to matter. I think it's just, you know, that he was doomed in some way with that with that existence, as you know, whether it's as a black cop or whether it's as a you know guy having a breakdown and not knowing how he fits in this world or as a you know, breakdown of masculinity, whatever, whatever it was, he was sort of doomed. And maybe he tried to get away, and it didn't work out. But like when he resigned himself, that was the end. Yeah. You know. So, it,
2: what is your thoughts <laughs> in general? Like, did you like this movie? Um, what are your just your overall thoughts
1: upon seeing Top of the Heap again? I mean, I, I, like I said, you know, I changed my mind every 20 minutes for the first half. <laughs> and once, once I got to that point where I realized, like, everything is intentional, whether it works yeah. or not, whether what whatever the budget was, whether right. we're looking at, you know, rough filmmaking or not, like, everything was a choice. Everything was absolutely a choice. And that's when it becomes fascinating to me. Because, again, it's not a movie that holds your hand. It wants you to figure it out. And it really sort of puts it on you. And some things are very clear and very obvious, like the racism. Mm -hmm. But other things, like, are very vague. And that's, and I have to believe that it's intentional. So it it is, I mean, it's one of those movies that's sort of, like, forcing you to think about something. And, like, if the point of the movie was just to make you think and consider what a movie can deliver on, like, that's absolutely a masterpiece in that sense. Is that, like, it's, you know, showing you how everything can be a choice whether you get it or
2: not and you know and then the irony of like this being his one film like you know the irony of that where it's like
1: yeah
2: in a way it's mirrors mirrors his sort of like filmmaking like career (laughs) absolutely you made this one and it like killed his career like before it even (laughs) (laughs) off the ground you know what i mean like like you made this movie and it's like almost like in and of itself was a way of sort of like um You manifesting this thing into reality sort of did the same thing, yeah. To you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, man. Okay, so (laughs) it's bananas. Either way, now that we've talked, now we've talked about this whole movie, I've been trying to sort of like, you know, it's been a minute since, like, what damn it, when's the last time we 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 uh talked? It was in LA, right. uh yeah. Person to person. Yeah. 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 Person in person, like in L.A., to la we've we've communicated since that moment. Right. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah since the last time we spoke in person was in L.A. Um, so it's been a minute. So I'm, I've been trying to add this element to sort of mutual aberration society, which is by the by the how I wrap sort of an episode. Now I want to end with sort of like asking the guest, like if they have any sort of um, what's been inspiring them or if they have any recommendations you know, it's been a minute since we've really chopped it up. So, yeah. what's Weirdly, what what have you been into, Seth? What's,
1: what's... Uh, it's not even a writing thing or a film thing, but there's been this explosion mm-hmm. in the last month or so of all these um, AI art generators, mm-hmm. where basically, like, you know, you yeah, punch, yeah. you punch yeah. in a sentence and it'll give you an image. yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. you know, because it's a computer, if you say like, oh, I want you know this X, Y, and Z. The computer's like, okay, I'll just merge X, Y, and Z, and so by its nature, it creates pure nightmare fuel. Like ninety yeah, yeah. percent of the things these things generate are just creepy as hell.
2: Yeah, yeah. The Dolly, the Dolly Mini was like a big popular yeah. thing, but then there's like there's other ones. There's like the super ones that are like really yeah. sophisticated. Like I've, I know I've people really in into
1: them. Yeah, <laughs> with the with the one with um Mid Journey, which is through Discord, mm. and like you know, I'm 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 making stuff with it, and like there's there's two things. One like I went to art school before I went to writing school. So like I can see how like artists should be terrified of this. Like you can't get exact with it now, but in five years you will. I mean, like, you know, and like, but at the same time, I love the I love the gatekeeping that it's destroying. Like, I know legit artists who work for a living and I feel bad for them. But I also, you know, for me, like trying to put together pitches or trying to put together little short stories, sometimes I just want a good, strong image. Yeah. And like, it's hard for me to come up with that because as a, not a natural given, like, you know, uh, renderer, illustrator. And so there's a level of gatekeeping that these things are destroying that I love. And of course, there's a huge debate. It's just like when cameras came along and painters were shitting their pants, that cameras were going to ruin them. So yeah. it's like, it's, it's a new thing. It's a weird technology And there's a lot of things about it that are messed up, but I also like, it's just weird. I love it and I hate it. I'm using it. I'm making cool things, but I also feel bad about it. (laughs) But it is absolutely like, sort of like, giving me sort of like a new wave of inspiration of how, of like, you know, thinking about things, making images that are giving me story ideas, or like, you know, throwing story ideas or one line, like log lines or whatever into it, and just seeing what sort of random shit it generates. it's just made me feel really creative again, even though I'm not sure exactly what the application for me with it is.
2: Yeah. That's, that's something that I know of. You're not the first, I've a few people that are really into that. Um, Like I know that there's a one that you have to like, you get, a, the first few ones you generate are free, but then you have to pay for. Yeah. 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 And I've seen Most you, of the good ones are paying. Yeah. Point. Yeah. I've seen a lot of the people's uh, like, some of the stuff they've sort of generated through it is kind of crazy some of the stuff that 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 they've made is like wild as fuck
0: yeah. uh
2: it's like alien almost like you know what i mean oh, the way, sure. you know um yeah that's definitely interesting man i definitely feel like you know there's nothing like at the end of the day right like mm-hmm. it's like that that's like when capital records signed that ai rapper and they just, <laughs> right. just they, they just dropped him like <laughs> at, like but but you know at the end of the day like i always say this like okay yeah it gets to a point where technology can sort of like reproduce sort of like uh the work that humans do um that's fine but it's art like art is not about a machine making no, it exactly it's about, it's about a human being making it it's right the yeah. right right it's not about a machine yeah a machine can make it yeah so what but like no like at the end of the day like the thing about it is like the handmade quality of you Absolutely. know that's the thing that like i feel like I don't really have a lot of fears about that. Like only fears people should have probably is like from sort of like corporations in terms of like how they would sort of use this to sort of like not pay people. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. But outside of that, like, you know, like I feel like it might create a sort of uh, a demand, like, you know, for, for sort of like, not like human made things, you know, it might actually, uh, it might actually increase the value of things made by by humans, you know what I mean? Uh, in a, we would in a also, weird way, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like you know, it's it's kind yeah. like, of so I mean, like. Painting was like
1: the standard for portraiture, and then photography, yeah. on and then painting becomes like a sort of a revered art form instead. Exactly, exactly.
2: Yeah, I mean personally, you know. <laughs> Let it let it all burn. <laughs> no, I know.
1: I know that's <laughs> I, like, I I you. I, I, I appreciate anything that sort of upsets a paradigm, whether I like it or not.
0: Yeah. yeah I don't yeah.
1: think you I don't think you evolve. I don't think you move forward in any medium or any form without it being challenged. You know, and then you know you're, you know, you were talking about the you know the sterility of a Marvel movie before, mm. and like that's going that bubble's gonna burst because you're already starting to see people who are like I don't like I like this Marvel but I don't like that Marvel and it's the same fucking structure yeah. in the same movie yeah. Yeah. they've just been fed it so many times now they're bored they just mm. psychologically they don't know it so they're like I don't like this one, and the, you can't you have to break stuff constantly like yeah. you have to break it. <laughs> and yeah. so,
2: you know so what are you what are you do are you planning on sort of uh cuz i know in the past you've directed right you've got some shorts you know yeah. um are you you have anything that you're trying to do cuz i'm always trying to like get people to sort of like
1: it's funny you said i, I literally just today started mm-hmm. i've been you know saying for years I need to write the thing that I can go make myself so no one mm-hmm. can tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> so it's actually really motivating to watch this movie this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I, I've, you know, I, I was directing stuff. I was making stuff, but then my writing career sort of you know, blew up a little bit more and now they're right. on Eaton. And, and I, I see people, people who are directing stuff that I've written who basically got into the position to make those choices because they just went and made the thing on their own first, and that got them yeah. attention. And it, it, execs will always watch something before they'll read something. Yeah. And so I, I do. I've been feeling like really strongly that like I need to make my own thing, and I'm not sure how I'll do that. I'll, I'll write a thing first. That's the most you know easily producible thing I could possibly think of. Yeah. yeah. Um. And you know, I guess you know I've been working long enough that if I called in every favor I had, I might be able to pull it off um i don't know but i mean but, I, but like I, i'm at a point to where the business is in a very weird spot and that like a, everybody like mid-level right like you got very high-end writers who are writing the Marvels and the star wars who are getting paid stupid money mm-hmm. you have the union supporting like first-time writers trying to get their deal but the vast majority of mid-level writers which i am it just you're, you're, you're getting nick we're being forced to compete with each other for scraps and getting nickel and dimed on them yep. And, you know, I'm not, I can elevate, I could get past that, but I feel like for me to do that and for me to feel good about it, I need to have something that I can claim more ownership See, from.
2: And what you just said right there, I'm glad you just said that, because that's the paradox right there, right? That's the paradox that exists. Yeah. <laughs> that's the sort of like people, I don't think people quite understand that. And Like, I don't think, you know, like, I feel like there's a, there's a, there's an idea that people have right about like Hollywood in general but like on the
1: process in general yeah
2: in general yeah like, I saw you like, say something about that the other day on, y- y- on Facebook yeah but yeah. like like do you like I, I've say I say this all the time like which is like I know so many people in positions who are doing well writing shit right and I wouldn't trade places with them <laughs> like oh, yeah. Yeah. because that while yes they are consistently working they're paid well they live comfortably right the stuff that they're doing is akin to sort of it's like yeah you're you're paid a lot you're paid very well like you're in a different tax bracket you're, you're, yeah. you're not but but you know and yes technically you are being paid handsomely to make a creative thing but uh that thing uh, once you get into that machine and you become yeah. one of those writers, that existence is not one that I think people really understand what that is. Like, I no. really don't think, I think they really, I think like, I just don't think they grasp that. Like, I feel like that's how it always lets me know sort of like how close people have actually gotten to that. Like Because mm-hmm. I feel like the closer you get to that, the more you have a sense of what that actually looks like. And like, yeah. when people haven't really got that close, or close enough to really see it, then they sort of hold on to these this sort of like, uh, fantasy of what 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 that really is existing yeah. as that kind of like writer or existing as that kind of like creator is, is 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 and it's not one that like it's not an enviable position like it really isn't because it's like you're not doing things yeah you're getting again you're getting paid right it's like you know it's like i know that you've done you've done script doctor work right you know yeah. what i mean and i know you've done script doctor work for you know some, you know i i know i know one of the big action movies you did yeah but like like <laughs> Yeah, you came in, you did a job, you paid you some money. It's boom boom. It's very mercenary, right? You go in, you do your thing, yep. right? And, and you feel like, "Okay, I did that thing, but like on an artistic level, you know how yeah, it's cool. You got to do that thing and exercise the sort of skill set you have, but it's like it's not really satisfying. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're just like it's satisfying enough to just say like, "Hey, I, I got money. I got paid to do a thing. I'm in there, but it's only satisfying on that level as a craftsman." Like, you know what I'm saying? As a craft, yeah. like somebody was like, okay, I got paid to do the thing that I sort of know how to do. That's kind of cool. But in terms of like the the, the actual work, you're like, this is a job. You know what I mean? It, it's a gig. Like, yeah, I'm, I could be, you know, I, yeah, I'm fortunate to have, you know, those type of things, you know? Okay, cool. But you didn't get into this game to do that. No. None of, none of these people, these people, these people, you know, regardless of, how experienced they are or how new green they are. Like no one gets into this game to do that. Like, at least I don't think they do. If they, if they do, then that person is weird. Like that to me, that, that person is like not an, that person is an imposter. Right. What I mean by that is like, that's somebody cosplaying as an artist or a creative person. Right. Because a a true sort of, to get on my pretentious, you know, high horse, a true (laughs) sort of creative person isn't sort of attracted to something like this for those reasons like you know what i'm saying like you don't get into this because you're just like i want to make the biggest movie in the world uh i want to write these things that have absolutely that that absolutely none of my voice whatsoever (laughs) that could be interchangeably any writer that they have like you know what i mean could have wrote this you know what i mean like like there's not a lot of difference in in sort of like these bigger studio projects. Like yeah. writers are like you said. Like even the top guys who are getting you know top guys and girls who are getting sort of you know the the, the 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 consistent work and the big the bigger money right. Like like even them even the even they have a sort of like they're they're almost in, interchangeable. You know what I mean? Like you could name the people. Yeah on one hand, you know, who sort of have a distinct sort of voice present in these bigger things, right? And even that's starting to wane. Like even that's starting to be less, yeah. less of a thing. Like you're starting to be like, I can't even tell that this person made this thing. You know what I mean? Like like I used to be able to, but now it's like because again, that's like this shit is so sort of micromanaged. The shit is so exec driven, yeah. right? It's yeah. so sort of like that it's like there is no creative. The, the creativity is fucking like strained out of it. Like where it's like, no, we need to, you know, and it's like, I have no interest in like <laughs> doing that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, I
1: just- that's the thing I've always admired about, about you and your positions. I, I, I've, I've always, I've always loved it. When you, when you talk about that, I, I, I know I knowingly got into a machine because my mindset at the time was I do this for them enough, then I'm comfortable and I'm in a position I can do this thing. But I don't know if that's coming true, so I'm just gonna have to do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I said to a friend, I, had, I had a, was talking to a screenwriter friend earlier today, who was sort of like you know stuck on a writing assignment and they weren't thrilled with where they were. But you know, you, and you you get it kind of messes with your head because you realize that like what I'm doing is somebody's fantasy job, and I'm getting discouraged and like bummed about it. So I'm trying to remain both grateful, but also true to myself. But see, but see my but what
2: you just articulated, that that right there, that is that is what society and people try to shame us for. Yes. Like, they try to shame you like, how dare you? No, fuck that. Like, I'm like, no, 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 no. no. Like, you've worked to get here. Right. Like, yeah. you've sacrificed to get there. There's no fucking shame in like you saying, hey, like, this isn't what it's cracked up to be. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? That's people trying to shame you to be like, to be like, accept this shit that you have issues with.
1: You know what I mean? I I, I really appreciate you saying that. That's, that's, that's cool. I, 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 I I, I can't say what it was, but I sort of quit on a job today because I was, you know, they were trying to get me to do more and more work for no money, for 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 a baby. And I just, I can't, I can't, I'm not doing that anymore. And my friend who I was talking to, I, you know, I, I just sort of came out of my mouth and I realized how true it was. I'm like, you know, I get these jobs based on my skills and experience they want me and my skills and my experience and then they give you the job and they have zero respect for your skills and your Your experience experience. and they tell you how you need to do it Mm -hmm. Uh, it's the only it's like i'm trying to i'm trying to think of like a good algorithm it's like if you're a it's like if you're a doctor and and like you know the 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 guy, the money guy in charge of the hospital, gets to tell you how to do an operation.
2: I said I used that same
1: analogy before. I'm like, it's like yo, know, somebody's standing over your
2: shoulder trying to tell you how to do open heart surgery. It's like, bro, right. it's like get the fuck away from me. Like you know what I mean? Like what are you talking about? You're you 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 run the fucking office. Like you're you're a fucking administrative <laughs> person. Like exactly. Like, get out of here. Exactly. But like it is, uh it is one of those things where it's like, it's like and I've said this before on a previous podcast uh, episode with uh, Richard Stringham, like I feel Mm -hmm. like the screenwriter is the most disrespected above the line. Oh yeah. Like person. Like when you look at like the people above the line and below, like the screenwriter is, is treated the shittiest. (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like easily, like it's not even a fucking contest where it's like, and I'm always like, I'm like somebody who's like, I'm pushing back at that. Like, fuck that. Like, like if you have a problem with my opinion, then like, I'm a writer. Like, that's what, that's the gig. That's that, yeah. The gig is an op- You got to have an opinion. You can't just be some motherfucker with no opinion. Like, you know, like this bland, this is blank slate motherfucker. Like, right. you know, it's weird that they they think that like, you're supposed to just completely acquiesce at all times. And like, you're the one that's supposed to, and I'm like, nah, like, no, like, yeah, you can, yeah. if you want to, but it's just like, and I've, I've been saying this too, like, you know, cause a lot of, a lot of like, you know how this works, Seth. Like mm-hmm. a lot of, there's a lot of people say a lot of things and they sort of regurgitate the same bullshit, you know, r- uh, rules of thumb or thought yeah. about like the business and the industry. And like, how many times have you heard like people quote William Goldman, like no one knows anything. Like, okay, shut up. Like everyone said that, yeah. like, you know, whatever. But what I've been saying now is like, because one of those things that people say all the time is like, uh, you know, imposter syndrome and like everyone, uh, Everyone has imposter syndrome, and you'll hear like big writers like Craig Mazin say that shit all the time. Like, even I mean, Craig Mazin, like, yeah. big. I don't even mean big in terms of talent. I just mean big in terms of he's paid a lot. of no. money. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, he's not big in talent. Um, but <laughs> um, uh, that's other here or there. But what I mean is like, like you'll hear people who are in prominent like positions in terms of like you know their career, right? Uh, who've been mm-hmm. on bigger things have like a long list of like. I IMDb credits, right? And they'll say that same shit over and over again, like, "Well, everyone has imposter syndrome," and I'm like, "No, everyone <laughs> does it. I don't have that shit. Like, I feel, I I, I'm that. like, I should be here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, fuck you. Like, you know, I don't feel that way. Like, like, it's just, I feel like it's become an accepted. That's like just an accepted sort of like, you know, a uh, thing to say. Like, where it's yeah. like, oh, like." Everyone has imposter syndrome. And I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking like
1: <laughs> everyone like,
2: like no like most motherfuckers I, I know have been in the trenches for a long time doing sure. this shit. like you know what I'm saying? I feel like people just say that to be like nice.
1: I um, will say that like I I definitely suffer from imposter syndrome at times, but not because it's coming from within me, but it's become Comes from being told by people who don't do it. It's do reinforced.
2: That's what I'm. But that's what I'm yeah. saying. It's reinforced from the outside. Yeah. It's the same thing about like I said. Well, how they shame you for like you should be privileged for being paid right. to do the do, do you how are you dare, how dare you complain? No, because you're getting paid to write. Like, <laughs> like what are you talking about? Everybody's. I thought everybody was allowed to complain about their fucking job. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Like. No one wants to think of
1: Hollywood as a job, but it is absolutely—it's absolutely, oh, yeah. it's a, job. absolutely
2: like, a fucking job. Like it's most absolutely. of the
1: work I've done, I'm you know I'm proud of. I've been lucky in that I'm proud of most of what I've done. There's only been a couple things that are—I have my name taken off one thing and my name my credit okay, switched another. Well,
2: well when, when I stop recording, you could tell me what that is. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> All right. um, but like you know, I, I tell people whenever I get you know I give like seminar. I've given seminars or workshops or whatever, and I always they, people always want they do what they say. What you just said, where they want to write that million, they want to write. A million dollar movie they think they're gonna to have total control they're going to, it's gonna make them rich and usually their story idea is either harry potter or star wars under a different you know right. cover right. and like I, I tell people i'm like no this is a this is a job it's a blue collar slog and you want to get to that point that you're thinking of that's like 20 years worth of work to get yeah. there nobody wants to hear that that it's that that it worked that it most, takes a lot
2: work. most people i know in this shit have been doing this shit forever yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, like it's sure. not it's not like one of those things where it's like yeah i get it like when the press releases come out and this narrative gets start to spin and the pr gets to go and then it's like everyone's a fucking overnight so that's success and it's like that's not actually yeah. reality like those people are rare rare like Absolutely. that's a very yeah. like that, that's not really the case and those people usually are like nepotism cases you know cool. like a lot of times where it's like, yeah, my dad ran Warner brothers for fucking 25 years. So like (laughs) he had an end with, you know, like, you know, like that's the type of people that get into those situations with like, not a lot of sort of like history and going in the trenches and doing a lot of work and taking the shit gigs and getting the dumb notes. Like, you know what I mean? Like those people are like, usually like privileged children of fucking, you know, connected people. Like, it's not like, but if you're not in that small group, then you're and you've been doing this and you've got some headway you've chances are you've been slogging away Absolutely. Uh, you've probably had been through all kind of shit you know what i mean like as very rarely do i have i ever met a screenwriter who's done anything who hasn't been through yeah. fucking hell <laughs> you know what i mean like that's what people don't say people like you know that's why i hate screenwriting twitter because it never talks about the hell no, never
1: it also doesn't talk about how most uh, screenwriters don't hit the union until they're in their late 30s right talk about that up to that point and even sometimes after that point
3: mm-hmm.
1: screenwriters still have other jobs they have part-time jobs like right. there's there's some people who work in other ways but they don't talk about it because that means you're not good at writing if you have right. to do that. Yeah. yeah, which is
2: which is a lie, which is a total Absolutely. lie. You know, it's a it's a total farce. You know what I mean? That this idea that like oh, it's like no, they don't fucking pay enough. No. <laughs> like, like they nickel and dime fucking writers and they pay writers last yeah. and like and all this other weird shit. Like people don't talk about that either. Type like the idea of like oh, you get paid for commencement and then like you're waiting for a fucking you know, when you turn in a draft. How long do you wait when they give you? Because I have yeah. never even in my my fucking again like i don't even like to call it a career but in my whole experience of writing like i've always had an issue with like like the final payment it's okay. all, it's never like it's always like even even when it's faster it's still like a month like a month yeah behind like
1: you know what i'm my, saying like my that's are literally holding a script hostage right now because it's, they took 90 days to pay me on commencement mm-hmm. cuz they're like we're not giving you the script until you pay the back half that's what I'm saying.
2: And that's what people don't talk about. They don't ever say that. They never mention that shit, but it's like a normal thing where they're like, eh, the fucking screenwriter will pay him when we feel like it. <laughs> we'll pay yeah. her when we feel like it. Fuck them. You know, that's the attitude. That's the fucking attitude. Meanwhile, everyone else is eating. Like, you know what I'm saying? The producers Ben took his cut. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he's got all kind of, yeah. you know, like these people like weasel their way into these fucking deals and get money. Right. And then like, right. The writers just sitting there like hey guys you know i gotta like a mortgage or a fucking rent or whatever like you know right. like i gotta nope. fucking i gotta feed myself you know mm-hmm. like um it is one of those type of businesses it is one of those and it's and you know that's it extends to like writing of any kind for money shit you know i know i know a novelist who do the same shit like who yeah. who fight for fucking money to get paid and fucking all that shit too but yeah um this is the that th- this will commence the sort of uh the the commiseration hour of the podcast or <laughs> and um I'm going to go ahead and say uh watch uh top of the heap absolutely um, it's fucking great I'm also going to say uh check out the fucking um the AI generated artwork that Seth mentioned cuz the shit is trippy it's really fucking it's, weird um just so check weird. it out uh and uh Thanks thanks again man it was good Absolutely. to uh it was good to talk it's been a minute since we've had a like a lengthy discussion so
1: uh yeah, I mean it was such a great thing to talk about I'm so glad I saw it. I'm going to yeah. watch the other ones you gave me to watch too because I mean if they're all They're all they're all bangers man they're they're all bangers <laughs> I was mean, oh, saying last thing <laughs> I'll say about top of the heat the <laughs> fucking soundtrack is so good it is very yes if you're into good. like deep like Dis like like funk like black exploitation like Shaft. I think it's the same composer as Shaft, wasn't it? uh Wasn't not Shaft. Maybe it was or one of them. I remember. It had some sort of connection that I read. Somehow. Yeah,
2: but I just know that like the music is really good. Like there's, there's moments where I was like, yo, I was just watching. And it was just a scene where there's in the car and then you just hear the score. And you're like, yo, this shit is fucking, is. I'm going to steal <laughs> this. <laughs> <laughs> put this on something.
1: I'm fucking like, yeah. Uh, it's soul, it's, 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 por- it's porny. It's like, it's funky. and it's, so it's, it's really
2: good. But yeah, uh, uh, I do that though. I stack the deck. Like I, I make very sort of, <laughs> like when I present the guests with like options to watch, I make sure that like, none I'm of kidding. them are like stinkers. Cause I like, sure. you know what I'm saying? Like very nope. rarely, very rarely. will I give a guest a movie. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I'll throw one in there that I haven't watched yet too, uh-huh. but I'm pretty certain that I'm going to fuck with it though. Like I've already done enough sort of like investigation where I'm like, yeah, hey, I'm going to fuck with this on some level. I don't know how much I'm going <laughs> to like it, but I know I'm going to have something to say about it. So, so when I presented you with those choices, it was like kind of, a, I was like, what is whichever, whichever one. Of it. All right, so. But yeah, um, as always, uh, don't know how to end the episode so this is the
0: end (laughs) a rat done bit my sister nell with whitey on the moon her face and arms began to swell and whitey's on the moon i can't pay no doctor bills but whitey's on the moon 10 years from now i'll be paying still while whitey's on the moon you know the man just up my rent last night because whitey's on the moon No hot water, no toilets, no lights, but Whitey's on the moon. I wonder why he's upping me, because Whitey's on the moon? Well, I was already giving him 50 a week, and now Whitey's on the moon. Taxes taking my whole damn check. The junkies make me a nervous wreck. The price of food is going up, and as if all that crap wasn't enough, a rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the moon. Her face and arms began to swell, and Whitey's on the moon. Was all that money I made last year for Whitey on the moon? How come I ain't got no money here? Hmm, Whitey's on the moon. You know, I just about had my fill of Whitey on the moon. I think I'll send these doctor bills air mail special Whitey. to Whitey on the moon. Thank you.